The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Welcome back to episode 126 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. My name is Michelle. Woohoo! Welcome to the Welcome show, Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Welcome to the crew. Welcome to the insane asylum. <laughs> it's perfect. I'm I'm a, a whole bunch of crazy. So, we'll oh, you'll fit you'll fit right in. <laughs> we'll just make it even crazier. And it'll be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. But you know what? Uh, we, we don't know where Carlos is. We have we have literally lost Carlos. He's MIA. <laughs> we hope that everything is, is okay with Carlos. You man, dog. Well, happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Hope you guys all had... I uh, hope you were pampered this weekend. Lord knows you deserve it. And, uh, well, Michelle, let's, uh, let's, let's just talk about how this came together. So I, I think we need oh, to thank... Yeah. Thank our friends Devin and Eve over at Unmistakably Star Wars for making this happen. Yeah, I have actually did a Star Wars on tap with them basically actually a year, like the next week, I think. And um, I've stayed in touch with them for a really long time. And uh, Eve and I like are in this group, like DM Twitter chat that we call um, our hashtag main girl tribes chat um and she just kind of like was like hey guys like um they're looking for someone uh or would you guys be interested and yeah so I was just like oh that'd be fun um and I like to talk I I mean obviously I'm obsessed with Star Wars but um I also do a lot of book reviewing as well so I read a lot of the books and the comics and so I'm also a huge fan of the pod but I thought I would just throw my name in there and uh here I am. Yay. <laughs> Happy to have you, Michelle. It's good. This is going to bring something new to the show that uh, I think has been lacking yeah. sorely, and I'm glad that we finally have it as a part of the mix. Yeah, yeah. so fun. I, I have to agree. Like, It's going to be nice to have a, like a female perspective, you know, and uh, I don't know. Like, I, From what I've seen so far, you know, we had a bit of a chance to chat just before the show, and from what I've seen on Twitter, it uh, looks like you're a big Rebels fan as well as a droid lover, an astromech lover. So we're going to get yeah. along just fine. I know, right? I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I was watching Rebels this week. Um, just like to hang out and watch. I think I was talking before I was going to chat with Kyle. I think I was watching like an episode too. And then we waited until I was done. <laughs> it's only proper. I was like I'm like seven. I have seven more minutes left, and he's like, "Okay, we'll wait." And I was like, "Okay, cool." Respect. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, gotta gotta make sure that you put the things that matter the most first. <laughs> Not Hashtag that you priorities. Don't matter, Kyle. But like, <laughs> obviously, priorities. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know, we're st- we're stoked to have you on board. Yay! Thanks, guys. I'm so excited. 
um, <laughs> yeah, I got to rep it for my Star Wars girls, you know. Like, there's a lot of us in the universe, women, um, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> oh, my God, that was so random. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, got to rep it. Like, as I have to be a cool, badass woman like all my other cool, badass women in the Star Wars universe, you know. That's what's so cool, you know. You, you, you get it, you know. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it, to me, from my Oh, like here he goes. Life's... He's going to put his foot in his mouth. <laughs> here it comes. I, I, I'm, not, I'm just going to say it, man. Like, whatever. Oh, and boy. I, I have a lot of friends and a lot of girlfriends. And there's, there's not – there's a small percentage that are actually, like, into Star Wars. And in, to be honest, like, it's awesome to have, like, a, a female perspective, you know? Like, to have someone to actually chat with it about. Like, one of my best girlfriends is really big fan, which is fun, but – other than that, man, it's kind of few and far between from from for me anyhow, which kind of sucks. Really? So I'm I'm totally stoked. I have stoked so many friends who are Star Wars girl like girlfriends who are Star Wars fans. I mean, I guess maybe it's just that like I just have been lucky in finding them. Um, but yeah, I have a few. Like obviously, right now we're very divided and like how we approach the fandom. Like there are a couple squabbles that like right now. One of my best friends and I like don't talk Star Wars. Oh no, um, so the best because, bitch back off. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just kind of like mm, there's parts of it where it's just a little. It gets kind of like heated, and then I I don't like conflict. I feel like I don't like conflict that's like pointless. I don't get the whole like oh well like the OT thing too, and just all of that. Like it just I'm just like if you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. Like just like stop talking about it. Don't be negative. And sometimes it's hard to be around people who are, I like having passionate discourse, but I, I, when it like borders a little on like the preachy stuff, then I kind of like to back away. So I just kind of like, I'm like, you know what? We can all enjoy it together. Like, it's all fun. It's all cool. Um, so some of my friends and I are like taking a break about it. But Yeah. It's so hard to like convince people. Yeah. Yeah. Like people get entrenched in their takes and that's it. Like they yeah. just, you you can't convince me. I can't convince you. And so what's the point? Let's just move on and let's talk about something exactly. else. And I feel like it's, it, and I'm surprised because for me, it's like there are a lot of people who are like that with Star Wars, but aren't like that in any other aspect or fandom. Like they're able to like drop it and move on. But like with Star Wars, there's just, I don't know what it is about Star Wars where people just can't let it go. Like it's just not that they need to, or that they should it's just you know I, you can I don't know it's so hard to like understand where like they can't they, they don't even want to see like the people some of the people that I talk to don't even want to see the other side or be open to it I think for me like I I'm open to listening to those people too and I'm listening to open I'm list, open to listening to everyone because I want to see what other people find so great about something because I'm very curious and also kind of nosy and I want to know why people are attracted to something and what about something is the most important to them and why that is. So I like to see Star Wars uh, like approach it from different perspectives. But then, you know, I feel like if I'm trying to be open to the way you think about it, then you should also try to be open to the way that I'm thinking about it and that I want it to be positive and a great experience for everyone. And if there's a storyline you don't like, then you don't have to 
think that ex- exists in your brain because there's so many other stories you can pay attention to. I don't know. And there's uh, a yeah. difference like to point out there between like you can criticize something and not like it and be yeah. vocal about it. That's fine. But when you're toxic about your negativity, that's where it becomes exactly. like bleh. it's the constructive criticism stuff. It's like obviously like as a writer too, like, you know, people aren't going to love everything you write and you don't, it's just the same way that you don't like, if you have a favorite author, you might not like everything that they write. Like there might be a book in there that you're like, eh, this one wasn't great. Like, but I like this person and I like their style. So I'm going to hang in there and keep giving it a chance. But you know, there are people, like, if you want to understand that, like you could go on Amazon and read like, uh, J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter, one star reviews. Like it's it's ridiculous sometimes when you read it and there's like giving a Harry Potter one star review and they're very intricate and crazy, but and long and I don't know. It's just like uh, it's hard. It's complicated. I just want everyone to get along. <laughs> yeah. Well, may- maybe it will. Maybe we'll, we'll all start to get a little bit more closer together in nine days from now when solo. Breaks. Yes. I know. I'm so nine excited. days away. That's that's gonna be. I awesome. can't believe it's nine days. I'm so excited. <sighs> I I remember doing this podcast, and I I would always look at the the the, uh, the countdown and say like, well, it's still two hundred and something days away. The Last Jedi is still to come. I can wait, but now it's now it's real. It's it's just over a week away, which is just got me so excited. But uh, before before we move into th- into the news for the week. Um, again, just want to give a thanks to Devin and Eve from Unmistakably Star Wars, and also wanted to highlight their partnership with Outer Rim Originals. So these are officially licensed Lucasfilm Disney artists doing some pretty cool Star Wars stuff. So check that out. Yeah, I just got at one. Outer Rim Originals. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. It's part of my collection updates. I'm sorry, collection early collection update. I got um, the signed uh, print of the Destroyer. Is that the one? It's cool, man. It's cool. so nice. It's amazing. I'm so excited. Like, I I was really lucky because um, I don't know how I got it, but I got, like, a like a limited edition art print piece that's, like, uh, like uh, the Millennium Falcon, like, flying and, like, lasers are out and it's in my living room. But, like, I want to hang this, like, opposite directly on my wall. So it's just, like, the two ships together. Oh, my God. It's going to be so cool. I'm so excited. That's going to be cool. Yeah, sorry. I just had to interject. It's, like, super awesome. I'm really <laughs> happy about it. Like, if you guys get, like, if you guys want one, you should get one. They look amazing. I'm so stoked. I'm, I'm looking at them right now, and I'm, I'm seriously considering it. But I know that they have, like, as the months go on, they will rotate artists. Okay. They will change up the pieces. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to just jump on right away and be like, oh, damn, that was an even cooler one. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to be fairly judicious cool. about this. Um, yeah, yeah. For me, I was just like, dude, that ship is rad and it's going to look super awesome right opposite the, my uh, Millennium Falcon print. I was like, it's going to look really awesome on both sides. So I was just like, yeah, I got to get it. So good. No kidding. Yeah. I can't say I'm not jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what else they like they come up with though next. I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah, I was right on board that train. I was like I think it was like the seventh follower. I was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> right? I was like, yep, I'm in. <laughs> oh man, I love it. All right, also a couple shout outs. Thanks to ads and to Tim, you guys, for boosting your Patreon support. Very much appreciated. You flatter us with your kindness. And also uh, thank you to Rob Wade from E14 and the Crazy Train Podcast, who continues to share our podcast on his site. 
and also to Jeremy at Dark Sky Radio, who does the same on Friday nights at 9 p.m. So thanks, everybody, for helping to support this show. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you. So now we know, uh, Michelle, we know that we you have your print as part of your collecting yes. update. Yes, it's part of do we dare Do we dare ask Corey, did he splurge again this week? Well, I don't know. Uh, again, I don't know how often you've listened, listened to the show, Michelle, but uh, I definitely have a problem i have listened to some of the collection updates they're very impressive and i enjoy them yeah I'm a... <laughs> i just yeah i i i want to know what you got well <laughs> tell me everything this week actually you know i i really have to keep it real i've, I've said i'm gonna rein it in and i have been a bit but i did a little window shopping i didn't really see anything out there i saw some of the vintage figures but i was like no i'm, I'm sticking to my guns here but our good friend and fellow podcaster, James O'Flaherty, he picked me up a little something. Some He he was at like a used books uh, sale and he picked me up. Um, what is it? Those I think it's golden books. You guys know those oh, ones with like yeah. the gold spine? Mm-hmm. Like these kids books. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. It, it looks to be probably special edition style. It, yeah. It's either uh, New Hope or Empire. I'm not sure. But it's like oh. a, a coloring book with like mazes and puzzles and okay. crosswords and stuff and he's just like yeah i got it for you man i was like are you kidding me and he's like yeah 25 cents i was like what score like that's thank amazing. you so much well that, that's right in your price Holy price crap. bracket and it's that's the content is right up your alley yeah, too. Definitely. i'm gonna have well i don't know if i'm gonna do the i don't know maybe i'll do them i don't know we'll see <laughs> but thanks for thinking of me bro i really appreciate it but I, I also went into an eb games this weekend and my son actually chose out a an iron man for my wife for mother's day because she loves him but it, it, it took all my being not to, like, splurge for myself. I'm like, just one, man. Just one. I'm like, don't do it. Like, the devil and the angel, man. I was freaking out. But I stuck to my guns. I did it. That's impressive. I... Well, Walmart's doing the work for me on my end. Like, the pegs are completely, totally, absolutely empty in my world. So, whether I want things or not is irrelevant because I can't have them. <laughs> So there's my collecting update. The more I'm on these collecting forums recently, like I really think that it's going to be rethought their whole marketing aspect of Star Wars toys. Like a, it looks more and more like it's going to an online, uh, like for the collectors anyhow, which kind of sucks. Like I, I love hunting them, man. There's nothing like finding something in the wild and being like, get out of my way. It's mine. <laughs> I think they just have like dumb purchasers here in Canada. I really think that's or uh, dumbs maybe mean. I'm sorry to any purchasers out there. I mean, <laughs> people who are just not like super up to speed on what's going on. Like they just buy bundles of way too much Star Wars stuff, and then they wonder why it's sitting so, on the shelves. Yeah, for they're so long. they're focusing on quantity and not quality. They're just like, let's just get all of the Star Wars things as much as we can, but they're not focusing on the good stuff like that. Some del- well, that's part of it for sure. And, and I don't know if anybody told these people that, oh, yeah, six months later, there's another Star Wars movie oh, coming. Yeah, that. So don't buy too much because you're going to sit on it and then wonder why it's not selling. Well, it's because there's a new movie. Yeah. Dummies. <laughs> Unless it's Porgs, because I feel like that's going to sell like no matter what. People are obsessed. My mother is obsessed. <laughs> You have to be completely, absolutely soulless not to like Porgs. I feel like I read something where someone was talking about how they didn't like them. And I was like, what? 
how do you not like them? They're amazing. Like, they're hilarious and adorable. And what did they ever do to you? <laughs> I saw one guy complaining, just one of these people that complains for the sake of complaining that porgs are so stupid, they do nothing to advance the plot. Okay. It's a bird, it's you a idiot. Bird, though. Like, <laughs> What did you want them to do? What did you think they were ever going to do? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> anyway. Do you ever wonder how your boy Chewie got his hands on one? Oh my god. What do you use a rock, Kyle? How do you do it? <laughs> He's got his uh, secret secret uh, Wookiee hunting oh. methods. I don't okay. ask He chose one that was already dead or something. Well, my friends were like, well, what happened though? But like, you know, he didn't eat it. He didn't eat it, but then he already, but like it was already dead. So at that point, you just like wasted baby. Like, what are you gonna... It's so sad. Like. <laughs> That just makes that deleted scene for me so much better. We're like on the island there and he's got that piece of fish and he's like, yeah. Yeah, the fish. <laughs> oh my God. I kind of, uh, that whole like island sequence was just, just the awesomest for me. I was so into that. Yeah, it was good whole, stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. Chewy and the porks. I love Chewy. Chewy's amazing. I have, I love Chewy so much that I made. My I play Dungeons and Dragons every month with a group of friends, and I have a nine-foot invisible servant, and I named him Chewy, and um, <laughs> he is literally like my Chewy. And I I basically wrote my character my character uh, Chewy because my character is kind of loosely based on Han Solo and a little Frank Sinatra, but she's a woman and a musician, and she's super cool. But yeah, I really love Chewy. <laughs> I wrote him into my game. I'm right there with yeah. you. All right, so let's talk about some some of these early spoiler-free solo reviews. We know we had the, the red carpet premiere mm. late last week, which was pretty cool. We could talk about that in a second. But let's talk about some of these reviews coming out of the premiere screening. So we have Michelle Buchan Buckman, sorry, Michelle Buckman from Nerdist, who said, I love hashtag solo a Star Wars story so much. It's a Western, a caper funny with so much heart it's got so much surprises that fans are going to love donald glover is charming times a thousand alden ehrenreich is a great han solo and just know i've been saying this for years fave new star wars I like the sound yep. of that western yeah. caper vibe i'm down i totally did like from the there's that one shot in the trailer where there, it's like all of them are lined up and they're all wearing the hats and it comes out from like a saloon type door situation. And I thought, I was thinking like Westworld vibes. Like I was just like Western. Like I got so excited that it's like back to being a Western. Like I'm just all that sand. I'm so stoked. <laughs> just just a, some free advice, Michelle. Don't mention Westworld. Oh no. Please, Sorry. I'm a big fan. Oh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I, it kind of kind of blows my mind. I go down that rabbit hole. So at Jesse B. Gill on Twitter says, Solo was fantastic. Rock solid, straight down the middle Star Wars movie. If you're looking for a palate cleanser after The Last Jedi, this is it. I think we even referred to, to Solo some time ago as saying, like, I think fandom needs a palate yeah. cleanser. I see that. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Dan Casey, also from Nerdist. Go ahead, I was going to say that after like, the divisive nature of The Last Jedi, like we've said it from the get-go, like this movie needs to be fun. It looks like it's going to be fun. And uh, like that seems like, not to de 
neglect from the story because it looks like they've had a balance of both from what I was reading here. You know, like it seems like it's just going to be a fun and well-balanced story. And that's kind of just what we need, like straightforward, simple and just awesome storytelling and action, you know? Yep. So Dan Casey from Nerdist also says, Solo was so much better than I was expecting. It balanced fan service with meaningful storytelling, and it's an absolute blast, full of Easter eggs and deep cut references. The cast oozed charisma, especially Glover as Lando and Phoebe Waller-Bridge as L337. That's also, there's nothing bad there. Dude, I love that. Full of Easter eggs? Like, we thought Rogue One was pretty full of Easter eggs. and Easter eggs! As long as they do it right and it's not too, too fan servicey, I yeah. love these deep cut references. Like, it's it's so fun to kind of see, like, oh, like, not necessarily everyone will get it, you know, but eventually we'll, we'll all catch up. But it's so fun to pick point, uh, pick these things out. And if it's done in good taste, then, you know, I love that stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree. I wonder where they're going to pull from. Are they going to pull from like th- those that trilogy of Han Solo books that came out in the what? It 70s? seems that way. Someone said something. If you had read something pre like this date, so yeah, it's, it's very possible. There was there was that trilogy, like you said. So yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I I, I will miss those Easter eggs. I'll probably have to read it on some sort of clickbaity <laughs> mystical type thing. Yeah. All right, Rachel Hine on Twitter says, Pleasant, Pleasantly surprised by Solo? A cute, fun, stylish Star Wars adventure would absolutely watch more Han and Chewie, which is not what I was expecting going into this at all. Excited to see it again. Yeah. Peter Serretta from Slash Film, Solo was a blast. The Kazdans nailed the character of Han Solo. Yes, the story is a series of expected events, Han meets Chewie, etc., but none of them happen as expected. Stay away from spoilers. Big Marvel-level bleep that will make you wonder where Lucasfilm is headed next. That tweet got me so excited. I was like, especially with the Jon Favreau stuff, I was just like, Marvel level stuff? What? I was so excited. You guys talked about this before too, but I think like going on a Marvel route would just be so smart. All we are is dust in the wind. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh man, rough. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, we we have a rough existence here as Star Wars fans these days. But that's pretty deep. Like that means that that's more than I was expecting. Actually, like that one kind of flew over my head when I read these ones. Yeah, that one blew my mind. I was like, oh, I hope this tweet. I, I hope if out of all of these tweets, the one tweet that is the most accurate is this one because that it's, would be super awesome. It's like they're they're leading towards something or setting the foundation for something. I have a feeling too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I wondered, like, were they going to just leave this as, like, finish this movie off and it's self contained and it's over? And if they wanted to do sequels, well, they would have to sort of fire it up again. Or is this clearly going to tease into something else? I mean, it sounds like it's possibly teasing into something where, where they could lead us into, into the next solo movie. Yeah. Orlando. Or Lando. I mean, Orlando, they have right? to make a Lando movie. Like, you can't not give Don, you can't cast donald glover and then not give him a movie like it's just he's he's amazing like it's just yeah no that's happening it has he's kind of on fire right now yeah it's like there's there's no question i mean and he's not completely oversaturated in the market right now either because he's on he's in film but he's also on like cable television and it's not like he's in like 
10 movies coming out this year all back to back. So I feel like he's not oversaturated in like the market where like some actors like you see them in everything and you're like okay I'm done with you for like can you please just take a break for like three months where I can like not see your face because like trying to imagine you as like five different people this year is a lot like um it is well yeah that happens to some actors right like Mike Myers it happened to Will Ferrell it's like guys yeah just take a step back for a little bit and Adam Sandler um Kevin James like it's great. Like I'm seeing a I'm seeing a pattern with yeah, these guys. Like it's, the it's one of those where, yeah, it's like the they get a strike like when they want when it's the same hot though. Type of, they want to they want to see that they get it's like typecast, but like they're leaning into it almost. You know, it's almost like they know it's not going to last forever. So it's like bah, yeah, they're like, well, make... this makes money. Why don't we try it? Like we'll God. see what happens. I mean, yeah, and then once you make the money, you can make movies that you want to make and like shows you want to make too so like there is another side to that but yeah like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll do a couple more here and then we'll, we'll we'll plow ahead this one from simon thompson at showbiz simon so i was really worried about solo a star wars story but those concerns are totally laid to rest a movie for fans and those totally fresh to the star wars franchise heart humor and a folk a falcon full of top notch action from a worry to a favorite. Very, very happy. That's good news. And I'll read... I'll do one more. One more short one from at Clayton underscore Sandal. This, this is a... Uh, you, can, you can really trust this guy. Boom. Solo a Star Wars story. Loved it. Stay off the internet. Avoid spoilers. Great job. At real Ron Howard and cast. Yeah. Again, like the, the whole spoilers thing, that means it's not as cut and dry as like things have been painted, you know, it's just a simple so- solo story. looks like they are going to yeah, a few sneak punches they, here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause if it was just straightforward, then they would just, they, I mean, we're supposedly know the story already. Like everyone's like, Oh, no one asked for this. We all know what's going to happen. But if there's like avoid spoilers, that means there's some cool stuff that's happening that we don't want to get spoiled. Yeah. I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect them to really, dig deep and, and blow our minds with something. I thought this would be just straight ahead Star Wars story. We'll leave and say, wasn't it really cool how that this happened? And all these things we've been thinking about for 40 years. That's how it's happened. Cool. It must be that. But it sounds like they're opening. really ready to us to stagger. Yeah, us. There, there must be some sort of like potential, like wink to like the fact that there could be a second movie, because I feel like that's that, that must be like why they're like, don't avoid the spoiler. Cause you might, there might be another one. I don't know. That would be cool. Because then we wouldn't have to smush all of the Han Solo story stuff in one movie. And we can just, like, tease it out a little bit. That would be nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, sit in the pocket. Like, let them, like, tell the story a little bit more, like, deeply. As opposed to, like, switching between trying to get through all of the points that we want to get through. That that's that's the thing, too, though. Epic. If you figure, uh, if we do, if they do go down that route, I kind of thought about it. From that perspective, if you do go with Han anyhow, then you Lando can't really be in the film anymore because like That's what we true. gather, you know, in Empire, he's kind of they're meeting again for the first time since he's seen his ship. But who knows? Maybe they can work around it. Maybe there's oh, maybe a new pull. Yeah, yeah but I could also be into like that whole like they do this with books a lot of the time where they're telling a story in the same universe, but each. Like it, each volume of the book, it's told from a different main character's perspective. 
So it could be interesting to do that as well. Like where you're just like, you have Han Solo and it's like kind of like The Bachelor, but like like <laughs> Lando's second. So now he gets his own Bachelor like <laughs> Lando movie. And then like one of those characters in that, you know, in his movie gets to like spin off into another movie. Well, that would it, be fun too. It, it's hard to imagine like Lucasfilm, Disney being the, it is what it is, right? They're, they're a money-making yeah. machine. They're, they're a business. So everything that's surrounding Donald Glover right now and the fact that he's on fire and people are just like, yeah, yeah. he's as charismatic as you think he is. Like they're yeah. not I turning a blind like eye to, to that. They're not. Yeah. It has to be like, he's so hot right now. Like there's, <laughs> it would be, it would be like a mistake to not lean into that. I don't know. Plus he's a really great actor. So <laughs> that's helpful. Oh, he's just, he's, he's just, just amazing. He's, he's oozing talent. Yeah. It's just listening to his interviews too, like just him talking about things. It's just really cool. And also when you hear, when you watch, like even on the red carpet, when every single person who has like been asked about Donald Glover, who was in solo or like got to work with him, like they all talk about how cool he is, like how cool Donald Glover is and like how talented he is. Like all of the people that work with him say that, like he must be amazing it's just, yeah, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see what he does with it. And I love the story he told, too. I saw in, like, Jimmy Kimmel or something about how, like, the, he told his agent, like, a really long time ago before he was even famous that if there was ever a Lando movie that he wants to, like, be considered for it. And they're like, I don't like your odds for that one. But then now he's <laughs> he's playing him, which is amazing. I think that's super cool. Um, yeah. Never tell him the odds either. Yeah, right. It's exactly that. Like the he was like, yeah, my agent was like, yeah, I don't like the odds on that one, Donald, but I got it. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it's like truly a Star Wars story. His life, it's amazing. No, okay. a big fan, which is a big plus. Yeah, you always then you kind of feel like you know they're gonna make sure that they do the the role justice because they love the, the role so much too. So, yeah, the the Lando yeah. movie is going to be written, directed, screenplay, and the score oh by Childish Gambino oh and Donald Glover. By <laughs> Donald Glover and Childish. I mean, that would be interesting. <laughs> I feel like it might not be that bad. It'd be pretty cool. I feel like he could do it as long as he. If yeah, anyone could do it, it would process. be him. I mean, he'd probably like you know, like drown in an FX like. Oh man, that would be rough. That would, I mean, I can't imagine like, listening to all of the directors and the writers talk about how much of like how intense a process it is to like film and write and cut a Star Wars movie and like to do all of that by yourself and also star in it. Like I couldn't even imagine. Like I mean, that's just a huge feat. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. That would be intense. Was it, did you guys did anybody watch any of the red carpet premiere? I did. I caught clips. Yeah, I watched. I watched a little bit of it here and there on my phone and at, at, like during our bedtime routine type thing. It looked pretty pretty fun. My son was absolutely freaking out at the uh, the, the life size Falcon oh, yeah. in the street behind them all. Yeah, I I almost felt like a little bit sad that I didn't like actually try to brave going to Hollywood to go see it but like I've been I went to the Justice League premiere at that theater and it was nuts and they didn't have anything close to like that size craziness there and like the fandom for Star Wars is so much more intense to like show up 
at those things. So I was just like, yeah, no, I probably would like have a severe panic attack. <laughs> but I was like, kind of like, oh, I wish I kind of went though, because it would have been really cool to like try to look at. But yeah, it looks so. Yeah, it's always a thing, right? Like you're like, I want to go, but no, it's yeah. it's Plus, there's just, too many people. It's sure too, too even, chaotic. Yeah, I wasn't even sure if I would get to see it because it's blocked off and um, it's just there's so crowded and like it's impossible. And like even though the roads are closed, like it's impossible to get around there. And like the traffic because the roads are closed on Hollywood Boulevard, the traffic is so horrible on like a premiere day. And I was just like, yeah, I live like too far away to like go there to just stand there and like try to see something. But I was a little jealous I, when I was watching it on my computer. I was like, oh, I kind of wish I was there because I feel like the FOMO is. Well, it's, it's got to be a little. It's one thing for me, you know, across the continent yeah. to watch it and be like, like, I had no shot at being there. It's it's a complete fantasy like that. Th- you're part of the world, Michelle. Like, I know. it doesn't exist to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's sort of like this fantasy world where all the cool stuff happens. Yeah, I feel like. I'm. But for like for you, it's like, you know. It's a drive away, yeah, I know. An, an annoying drive, but it's still there. It feels like really like ridiculous saying that because I'm so lucky, right? But yeah, it's just like, it's, it's just intense. Like I've, I, I tried to go to one of those before. I think I've been, I, I, in Japan, I think they were doing a premiere for one of the prequel movies and it was like during, I was home for the holidays or something and I remember waiting outside. And I got to see like a piece of someone's head with like some hair. I don't even remember who it was. And yeah, so it's just like I've done the things and I feel like I should go to them. That's why I feel bad because I was like, I should go. Like I want to go. I want to see it. But then I just know that like I'm going to get really nervous and then like all the people there. And I don't like being on Hollywood Boulevard because they're scary Scientologists and like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like we saw like people get approached by Scientologists where they're like, have you heard of Dianetics? And we were like, run, run, run. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah. like, it's, like, it's right there. Like it's two blocks down is the Scientology Center. So it's just like, yeah, it's very interesting. Like it seems super glamorous, but it's like, you know, smells like urine like anywhere else. So <laughs> it's like, eh. But yeah, that that was really cool. I saw like a video about of them building it for like um I think they were building it like all like all week or something. It looks so cool. I wonder I think you could actually go inside, right? I'm not sure. I thought they like I I had a I thought I thought I read something where there was like a platform inside where they could like do interviews, but I didn't I don't remember. But that would have been cool. That would be that. Oh, that'd be yeah, so rad. Yeah, where you can just give interviews inside there. That would have been cool for like everyone involved. I I thought that I saw something like that, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. I should probably look that up. <laughs> eh, what are you gonna do? Whatever. Well, two our our next two big pieces here stem directly from the red carpet premiere. One of them is uh, the the rumor that won't die for good reason. Why else would you and McGregor be at this premiere if not to tease us just a little bit? You know, make this something official, but not official. You know what? It's, it's, it's like the next closest thing. But this has been in the works for a while, I would think. Like, it seems to have crept a little closer to reality. But uh, Thursday afternoon, Fanthatrax reported that uh, the Kenobi movie is in full-on pre-production mode for a December 2020 release. 
Corey, how do you feel about that? Is that does that uh, tickle your fancy? Trust me, I'm I'm on board, but I just want to say it's it's so odd. Like everything that's happened surrounding this film, like we've said, it's gonna happen. We don't know. Maybe it's gonna happen. Yes, it's gonna happen. No, it's not. But it's it's like if it does happen, it's like the worst kept secret ever from Lucasfilm. Like, granted, okay, like the timing of it's also a little weird. Like we don't want to steal so much thunder from from Solo, so it's from that perspective, it's a bit odd. But we know. There's been no official confirmation on anything like this. It's a, it's a leak. But it, again, it's it's a badly kept secret. And when they do finally reveal it, I think it's going to be a tad bit anticlimactic. But uh, either way, re- regardless, I believe this film is going to it's going to rock, man. If there if that is the case and Ewan reprises his role, there's a lot of potential here, despite the constraints it faces from like a, a storytelling standpoint point. Uh, I don't know. I think this again, like it could be a totally different Star Wars film, like with the like under the microscope kind of like I don't see him. I've never seen him leaving Tatooine. So and also we've also heard Stephen Daldry a long time ago saying that that he's doing this. So that was almost I think close to a year ago. We haven't heard much since like they must have told him, like, shut up. Like you've been warned. Like, that's it. <laughs> But his his name comes well, up again. Remember we talked about that, right? We said that maybe this guy just released his name and attached his name to it so that Lucasfilm couldn't rescind it. Now it was out there. Looks like it sounds like he's still attached, which you know, I'm not familiar with his work. Uh, Michelle, do you like first of all? How do you how do you feel about a Kenobi movie seemingly in pre production? I am excited because I love me some Obi Wan Kenobi, um, and. I, I actually, I, cause I heard, I, I feel like I, I'm trying to, I can't remember who said it, but I read that like, um, apparently Ewan is supposed to be in it and, um, what was I going to say? Uh, mm, something oh, about Sass? Yes. Yeah. The director. So the director, Stephen Daldry, he did like Billy Elliot and The Hours, which are both like Oscar nominated movies. The Hours was that movie with Nicole Kidman um where she had that fake nose and it was and then billy elliott is with is a the dancing ballet movie right yeah yeah Yeah. and so i i feel like it would be cool i feel like if they make it kind of i feel like it could be like dramatically cool and very like quiet i don't know i feel like it would be really well i i know what you're saying i i I feel like this could be almost like a lawrence of arabia type movie that's it's kind of how i've labeled it yeah like more of like a like a heavyweight like in terms of like like the like the material could be like very moving i don't know i think it'd be really cool like i always yeah because it, it can't be like this high-flying adventure yeah, right? no. like, it can't it it won't be full of lightsabers and blasters and spaceships because no, Stephen dalgy's style is very like it's very it's very like gritty but like cool and interesting and i just i really love his shots like they're very beautiful and he does a lot of cool like cine- like cinematic like shot angles that i really have enjoyed and he does a lot of like long shots and i think it's really cool and i feel like i can kind of see his vibe like very i i, th- I feel like it would mesh well with with Obi-Wan. And I feel like that movie could be really, really interesting and cool. And it would be different in tone, but the subject matter would be interesting, I think, for new people as well as people who are fans of like um the movies already. It just 
I feel like it would be a very intimate yeah, movie. I like, feel like originally it... when when I was thinking about this film, like back in the day, like I'm talking about like a year ago when we first heard like anything of it, like a whisper of it. I was thinking like, you know, Western on Tatooine, but now we know that I don't yeah. think they're going to double up on a genre right off the bat, like a caper or whatever it is. No. And plus, but. I think that like, it, I feel like with the capers, they lend themselves to more like fun, like exciting things. And I feel like it matches more of like the Han vibe, like his personality kind of fits more in that genre and that kind of style of film. And I feel like with Obi-Wan, like, he's great but i feel like with him it's a little bit less like capery and more kind of like for sure yeah like like, we're in his isolation kind of like that that's kind of a bit traumatizing like everything that he's been through like it's going to be like an inner turmoil yeah like like a legend and lore type of like a lot of legend and lore surrounding this whole like exile and it would be really interesting. I feel just, like it just him just... dealing with it too, you know, like all that yeah. that angst and like, is he really doing the right thing and just struggling internally? Like, I think the hardship that he's going to face on that desert planet that like has to harvest water, you know, like yeah. it's 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 going to be pretty brutal, man. He really he really puts in the time there. Yeah, I feel like if they do it if they do it right, it could be so cool. Like, it could just be like one of those like iconic like films i think it would be really cool i hope that they kind of lean into that aspect of it where it's just like the wrestling with yourself like i I feel like it could be if anyone could pull it off it's that character and i feel like it could be cool because it's different from anything we've seen i think too like you can see like an you can almost see like an out presented for obi-wan where like you know you you can have this life free and clear this happy life away from the empire forever and ever and you know, you just don't need to worry about these problems. You don't need to burden yourself with them anymore. Like, like yeah. you know, and him having yeah. to struggle with those two choices. Exactly. Like, you want to you want to see the characters that you like know and love having like at the their moment of greatest like um, you know stress or just at the biggest decision that they have to make, and that's one of his big decisions. And it's just interesting to be able to actually watch that unfold as opposed to like being told that it happened because it's so much more impactful to see it um, and to see them wrestle with that. And then you can kind of relate to Obi-Wan on such a like more human, like larger level than we already have, which I think could be really cool. Absolutely. So some, some finer details here. Uh, so the filming, so art writing, directing teams are, are in full steam ahead pre-production mode. And filming is supposed to start in January 2019, once episode 9 wraps. Uh, and then p- principal photography would be in April of 2019. So that, that's less than a year from now. And like one year from now, we could be talking about an Obi-Wan movie that is fully underway. Like that's that is, nuts. that's super exciting. That to makes me. me so excited. It's just, mm-hmm. like this could be the movie. This I think you know, depending on how they treat this movie, like this could be the movie that where Star Wars finally wins an yes, Oscar. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> I was thinking about that like in my head. I was like, well, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. I was like, this is totally Oscar material. It's just yeah, it, really, is. it is though, I it, think. It, it I, is. Seriously, I think it really and could it, be. It's, and it's not just the visual and all of that. It's like if they do it right, like this could win Academy Awards. Like it just And and not just the like no, not just the and score. Like, actual like story and like acting and um, directing, especially directing. I think that could be really interesting. Like, I mean, I've always, I, I, I really, I hope that it is because 
I because I'm sure you guys have heard of like Guillermo del Toro was talk has always talked about how like he had this he has this uh, a vision for um, a like Godfather type like gangster job of the hut movie but then like he just can't find time for it and I was always like oh that would be such a cool movie and that would totally be Oscar nominated but I'm like this Obi-Wan movie I feel like has serious potential if they do it right and that would be so cool to get that kind of hype for our Star Wars land yeah absolutely all right so two questions stemming out of this that we need to revisit Michelle can Obi-Wan leave Tatooine if he's committed to protecting Luke? Do you think this movie needs to get off Tatooine in order for, for it to be interesting enough? I mean, I don't think, personally, I don't think that he has to get off Tatooine. I think a lot of people will want him to, but I feel like it's, as a writer, I would want the people who write it to find that as a challenge and how to make it interesting without having to make him leave. I mean, if they find a good enough reason that fits in with being able to sure I'm open to it but I don't know I feel like that's just such a they can still find I mean if there's a story to tell I feel like it would be yeah well th there's your first gold nugget there is is you want the writers to undertake that challenge and, and keep yeah them I mean it would be I mean because why why take the easy way out like especially for his character too I feel like it would serve his character and the nature of who we've come to know him to be would it would be more of like a, a authentic to his character film if he were if the character if the writers were to have to come up with a creative way to make it interesting by getting around the fact that he has to stay there I feel like that would be more interesting than just being like oh let's find like a easy reason and like you know it doesn't it's flimsy but let's just get him off because we need the action like I don't think you need it I feel like there's there's a story that should be told there that's good enough to stand on its own so I don't think it's necessary do I think that they will try to get him off for the action stuff maybe I don't know who knows I fully agree with you. Let's see what Corey says. Yeah, thinks. I'm on the same page. I like I was mentioning earlier. I think bringing something under the microscope and staying like constrained in storytelling can also provide like a like a whole new perspective on things. Like I think it's I would almost go adventure as far as saying he can go to the brink of leaving the planet. Like that's what this movie yeah. can be about. Though, those choices, exactly. you know, but. Uh, for sure, I, I, after Twin Suns, like he definitely has to remain there. Yeah. No, it adds so much more tension, like to the fact that you have to be there. Like you can't, you can't just leave. Like being able to leave is like such a luxury. So like you can't, you can't leave, but you're, you have to stay. Like it's, it's already like directly opposing that. Like there's, it ramps up that tension because you're just kind of like, and that tension makes for good storytelling. You always want like so much tension. Yeah, because we see it in, in the comics in the early run of this of the new Star Wars title. Um, I, I there was a couple breaks where they would take a break and and do this thing called the the Journals of Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah. or Journals of Ben Kenobi, I think it was. And we saw Obi Wan wandering through the streets of of Mos Eisley, and he would see somebody in trouble that he could easily help, like jump in and help using his Jedi abilities. But he makes the more difficult choice to say, no, I need to stay like low yeah, key. Stay hidden. And not and not give myself up. I he's there to protect Luke. And 
if he's if he's found out, he can't protect it. it it's yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. It's just so all these all these choices of of giving up his ability to to help just to protect Luke. I, I feel like that needs to be continued right through. So yeah, I, I would love to see on film. Uh, he hears he catches wind of some skirmish on some you know planet X, where Obi Wan is is needed to help, and he's like, I can't go. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like the philosophical trolley problem. You know, like, do I pick one or do I pick five? But it's just in a different context and in a different scale. It's just very interesting. I don't know. It just even talking about it, like, there's so much to talk about. Like, obviously. <laughs> so like, that's it. it. What if he manages? Me. This might sound a bit sappy there, but what if he manages to kind of fall in love again, you know, after having his I heart know, kind of. Right. Broken? Oh, my God. That just eviscerates me. I want him to fall in love again. Or, Obi-Wan, I'm pregnant. I'm leaving. You have to come. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Dun-dun-dun. Oh, no, oh no, yeah. No. What, kind of worm, what kind of can of worms are you going to open with that? <laughs> him, him, him and Ray are related. No doubt. Oh, my gosh. Right? Oh, that would be funny. All right. So, question two. Does Luke need to be in an Obi-Wan movie? Have we, have we moved our, our, our opinions on this at all? What do you think, Michelle? I mean, does he need to? Need is a strong word. Um, it is. Would I like right, I'll, I'll, to? I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase. <laughs> should. Should yeah. Luke be in it? I don't know. That's a hard question. Like, I feel like it can go either way because, you know, it's an Obi-Wan movie. And, you know, if you want him to stand on his own and, like, not be distracted by other characters, then maybe not. But, like, I mean, you kind of need to if it's, there's like a necessity. Well, I guess there is a necessity at a certain point. Like if you're trying to tell a certain story where they're together, like there's not really, you can't really tell the story without the other in like certain times of his life. I don't know. That's so, it's, that is complicated. It's hard. Well, yeah, I, I, I would like to see, like my take has always been like, no Luke, don't bring him into it at all. I think if you do something like Twin Sons... Yeah, that would be interesting. Like, just to dangle that carrot, yeah. just to see what Obi-Wan is protecting. What is the, the, the end game for him? Yeah, I feel like it's just like... Exactly. Like, it's just... I Because I, the, the part of me that, like, loves Obi-Wan, and I'm like, this is his movie, like, makes me think, like, you can't put Luke in it because as soon as you put Luke in it, it becomes Luke's movie and not Obi-Wan's movie. I mean, I, I, even though, like, it's not focused on his story, it's just, like, people get like sucked into that and i just i don't know it's hard <laughs> but i mean I, I, if they find a good way to tell the story but then i also don't want it to be like oh well you know luke's just you know not he just left sorry you missed him again or like <laughs> he's like oh luke's in the bathroom <laughs> or like luke's like shucking some potatoes or like it, like just where he's like he's there but like he's just not on the screen like that would be annoying i mean there's a way to do it i think um, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, it'd be nice to see him, but I wouldn't want him to be like, I wouldn't want them to just lean on that too heavily. I don't know. Who knows? No, I'm not the one they hired. to write. I don't know if I could even decide. I feel like, I mean, there are different versions that could be cool and it depends on how they do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe not, uh, maybe a little, but not too much. I don't know. I feel like a little is a lot though. It's 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 not like they could be hanging out whatsoever. Like if anything, like Obi Wan's creeping in the corners, like yeah. watching him, because like Luke barely knows who who he is. Like he's only heard things about him. 
So like, I don't, I don't think he can. It's gonna be like, it has to be like a twin sons thing. But in the long run, from a movie going perspective, you know, like you'd have to say like, yes, okay, most people going to see this movie are Star Wars fans. There's gonna be that minority that aren't Star Wars fans necessarily, but they're like, hey, this looks cool. I'm gonna go see it. So, from a storytelling perspective, they're gonna have to put the people in that position, that mindset of Obi-Wan. So they're going to have to at least reference Luke, not That's necessarily true. by name, but like, why is Obi-Wan there? What, what is he waiting for? You know, like, yeah. like what's his big, what, why is he glued to this planet? Why is he constrained? So they will have to be some kind of explanation just from a, a very broad and general stance. I don't think it's yeah. going to be a focus in this. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe they'll do... So we're not, we're not going to see Luke bullseyeing more brats or flying through Beggar's Canyon? You can maybe see, you can see maybe Obi-Wan, like, looking out over the canyon and just watching him, like, damn kid, or maybe even saving him from the shadows a few times, you know? Ooh, yeah, that'd be cool. Like, when, when Luke threads the needle in Beggar's Canyon, like, he's like, I'm the best pilot ever. Like, Obi-Wan's like, yeah, that was all me. <laughs> that would be hilarious. You actually aren't very good at all, Luke. <laughs> so I've been force guiding you the whole time. It's like that. Um, it's like a, the the cars when you practice getting your driver's license, and then there's like two handles on both sides or something, and the person who's training you are like they can stop the car, um, but he was doing it the whole time. <laughs> oh man, it's hilarious. So now we, I guess we we wait. We we wait for Lucasfilm to get around to making this official. I I don't know I don't know when they'll do this. I mean, I don't know what yeah, the, I don't know if there's they another have time in their schedule. Like when would this? I don't know. I guess they're at some point in the year they'll have another earnings call, well, and maybe sense. that's I mean those things are get huge publicity now yeah. just because we wait we wait for for Bob Iger to start announcing things so maybe that's when they do it maybe there's something happening in the fall yeah, I don't know the... but I'm I'm definitely excited like in my mind this is totally happening yeah oh, it yeah. seems that way it's it's definitely happening like in my mind it's already like hap it's already like green lit it's like they're already starting to cast like in my mind's in my mind's eye that's already happening <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the other piece of news coming out of the uh, the red carpet premiere is we learned that John Favreau, the the adorable, lovable Rio Durant character, the voice of his series is going to be set 7 years after the Battle of Yavin, originally reported as 7 years after the Battle of Endor, mm-hmm. but now sort of uh, revised and now we are at 7 years after the Battle of Yavin. So which puts it, I think that's that would put it three years after Return of yeah, the Jedi. That's what I was gonna say. Yep, three years. Michelle, is this a time period that you want to connect with more, or is it, was there something I else you were hoping like for? This would be cool though, because um, it's like the this time that they're talking about. There's really like nothing out there about this time that much like in terms of story and I feel like it could be kind of interesting because they could do whatever they want and also like the fact that it's Jon Favreau I feel like because he did Iron Man and he knows the Marvel Universe I kind of have this like image in my mind that it could be kind of like a Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type situation where like it's connected to the bigger story but then they have their own original characters 
and then they're doing things, but they also reference like other things that are in the universe, like battles that have happened. Like for example, in shield, they talk about like the battle of New York and like here they can talk about all of the different battles that we've seen and like we've read about. And I don't know, I feel like it would be cool. And also I feel like um, I read about the fact that it was, um, they're going to use the jungle book and lion King live action tech. So I have a feeling that if they wanted to do a live action Ashoka, like this might be a chance for them to do it. And that would be so cool because I mean, they have to be considering it if they're talking about using, I mean, he, he, in that short interview clip where he's getting interviewed and talking about this, he made it a point to say that they were going to use the same tech as jungle book and lion King that he's been using, but while doing the live action versions of those. So I feel like they're, if they're using that, they have to be considering using more aliens and things like that. And if they do decide to like bring her into a live action setting, like that would be so exciting for me. And I would be so in and I would tell everyone to watch it. And I would just like be so stoked. I have a feeling it could happen though. So I don't know. I'm I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic. I don't know. There might be people who are like, you're just crazy. That's never going to happen. But I really hope it does. That would be super awesome. Yeah, I'm still watching Agents of Shield. I don't I don't know anybody aside from my wife who watches Agents of Shield. So oh, really? good to, good to yes, know you, Michelle. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's kind of cool because it's like they they spun off one of the characters who supposedly died in you know in Iron Wait Avengers, right? That's when he got stabbed. Colson, yeah. Yeah, Colson. And then they spin him off. So I just, but then they reference like all the battles and stuff too. So if, in that sense, because like, if you do like kind of the Marvel idea and then they can kind of weave more Marvel stuff into it, it would be kind of cool. That'd be rad. And they have. Yeah, I'd be yeah. done with that. Because they also had, I think it was Lady Sith, the, the girl who, the she was in Thor, the actual movie they had her on the show for like a couple arcs too. So like they had some of the side film characters like do arcs on the actual show. So they take that kind of model of like the Marvel universe or like even just the Marvel cinematic universe where they do like the one character films and then they come together for like the buddy film. That would be so cool. I feel like it's, I feel like the fact that they have these, these people though, like even they have John Favreau doing the show. I feel like he's going to, he's going to bring in that, experience anyway so i feel like with that experience like if he starts running things a little differently like maybe disney will take notice and be like oh maybe we should do stuff more along these lines and start shifting the way we make these movies or market them that could be interesting i could be down for that definitely uh cory what's your what's your early impressions on this all new characters what do you think about that do you do you see it as something that's like uh, I kind of I, I would love to have picked up with uh, Wedge and the Anum and what are they doing? Or are you glad to hear about all these new faces? Like uh, like Michelle was just saying, the the whole Jungle Book tech thing leads me to believe that it could be based highly on like creatures and aliens and stuff like that with new characters, which doesn't really necessarily negate the fact that you know it puts us right in Rebels epilogue time frame. So you know it doesn't mean these people can't be in the show for maybe one or two episodes. I mean, come on, it's not too much to ask. But I, in the long run, I think he mentioned basically he's been thinking about this show for a long time. He said he had uh, a lot of notes and uh, a couple episodes written down before he even was hired by Disney. So that says a lot right there. Like he has a pretty cool idea for what this could be. 
Uh, I'm surprised he actually let something drop on the red carpet for a solo like this. Like, this is pretty big news. But at the same time, like, I'm sure, like, you know, with Lucasfilm gave him the go, the green light, like, you know, you're definitely going to get bombarded with yeah, questions. Sure. So here, throw them a bone, you know. Actually, but, he was the one who suggested the information. I was watching this interview and they were like, ta- they were talking about his interview and he was he was getting interviewed by someone first. I don't remember who it was. And he wasn't asking any of the questions about the show. And then John was like, actually, by the way, I am doing this this live action show. And then he got interviewed by the guy from Nerdist and he actually asked him all the questions. But he but the first guy who interviewed him, like John was the first one who was like, no, actually, I am doing this. Are you, do you want to ask me about it? And then he just like sidestepped that and didn't ask him about it. And then and then like the other interviewer asked him about it, like after that. But apparently Star he Wars was the one who ground. he was like, here, like, no, let here, let me give you some information because you're not asking me the right questions. And I was like, oh, gosh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't know Disney was like allowing people to like provide information. <laughs> I'm trying to give yeah, you a scoop. It was just, yeah, but that's what I actually had, had just I watched it earlier today that that was the case. So, uh, yeah, he even actually offered it himself, which is nuts. One one thing also I really like about it is the the pen, potential for like the connectivity and continuity. You think about Rebels and the Resistance, right? Like this is gonna play right in between those two as well, like coming right off the original trilogy. So there's like a really great potential here to tie a lot of things together and you know have a little few Easter eggs and you know we we don't want to make the galaxy seem too too small with all these new characters and whatnot, but you can definitely tie some things together and leave breadcrumbs leading to new things too. Like it's, it's all one big tapestry that's going to look as a whole, but you know, looking at it like in the future, you know, and I got to also say like poor Pablo Hidalgo (laughs) having to keep track of all this stuff. Like, well, this is the life he chose. (laughs) This is the life we chose. It is. So how do you feel about, uh, have you guys seen Jungle Book? I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Oh, it's so good. I want to see it so bad. It's it's one of those movies that in this house, it plays on a loop. My son is obsessed with that movie. I love the Jungle Book. So I really want to see it. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, it's, the effects, there's a couple of shots in the movie. More than a couple, actually, where you're like, ooh. But overall... <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a very good reason why this won the oh Oscar in 2016 for best visual effects. I need to watch that movie. Yeah, it's, I feel like you know, I think Star Wars fans were up in it, up in mm-hmm. arms that that Jungle Book won. Oh, Rogue One should have won for their for, Tarkin. You know, their boldness with Tarkin and blah blah blah. And I think there's a case to be made there. Um. But... Yeah, actually, I I know. Um... Through my best friend is friends with a, a woman who actually wrote on Rogue One, so I did get some backstory on like that um, movie and like what the script was like. And when before she came in, she actually did a lot of uh, K2SO's dialogue. Um, Stephanie Folsom, she's amazing. Um, but yeah, I was I didn't really think that it would win over Jungle Book. Yeah, Jungle Book. I mean, it was. It's it's so immersive in, in the the use of effects. Yeah. It's it's astounding, and to think that just two years later, this is going to be absorbed into into Star Wars. It, it makes perfect sense now when you step back yeah. and look at it that 
Disney. This is happen, happening under Disney. Yeah, umbrella. it makes sense. Why wouldn't they leverage exactly. that? It's like, why wouldn't you use all of the tools at your disposal to make the best movie that you can? And it just makes sense. I, I just, I'm so excited because I remember, I do remember seeing how cool the effects are because every time I see a clip from that movie, it's just like so visually arresting and incredibly cool to watch. I just, and it's so lifelike. Like I can't imagine like what everything will look like in Star Wars with that tech. Like it would just look so amazing. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Anyway, we're going to come back to this in It'd a bit. It'd be cool. I just want to touch, um, say one last thing about that. It'd be cool to see humans as a minority, <gasps> if even seen at yes. all in this film. Oh my like, God, that would be forever. amazing, actually. That would be so cool. I would be into that. Yeah, to see see alien yeah. leads with like people, humans being these. The yeah, that would be awesome. I, I'd, I'd be, be okay so that. into that. It'd be a yeah, nice change. That'd be so cool. I don't know if I don't know if they would do that, but I hope they, they I hope they really seriously think. If, about I, Book Tech, come on, Kyle. If they don't do the whole season, they should at least do one bottle episode where like it's just the one episode that's a little different from the rest of the season, and like have that be one of the char- one of the episodes, kind of just like where it's mostly all of the alien main characters who are like in the focus of that one episode. They have to have at least one. That would be so cool. I would be okay with just one. All right, like I said, we'll we'll come back to this in a little bit. Uh, lastly, let's 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 tackle this one very quickly. So apparently, Mark Hamill was speaking to I, I believe it's the Washington Post, and he said Tony Daniels is so happy because he's in every single Star Wars movie, every single one, all the prequels. He's in Rogue One. He's in Solo. Oops, I hope that's not. Uh, he kind of just trails off. So I, I don't think he was jerk. I, I actually went around and listened to the clip and it doesn't sound like he was teasing fans as he, as he likes to do. But okay, let's just assume he's right and he's telling the truth. Why? Like, why do we need to have C-3PO in Solo? Does this make any sense to you, Corey? Well, read me the quote again or what did he exactly say? He said, Tony Daniels is so happy because he's in every single Star Wars movie. Every single one. All the prequels. He's in Rogue One. He's in Solo. Oops. I hope that's not... Oh, I actually read an article that he's playing the, He's playing a different character. Yeah, exactly. Like, look at Attack of the Clones, right? Like, it could just be, you know, like, for continuity's sake, for, for almost as stroking his own ego, like... If three, I can't necessarily see three PO in this film. Even though R two and three PO have been in every film, he could still possibly play like a background character. Like you didn't say three PO per se, but uh, all right, yeah, that's fair enough. Like, that's, like, I um, didn't consider that. And Hamill's John, really coy like Hasden that too. Said that. Well, Corey, that would be a, a, a loophole. Yeah, and, and like, he, like again, like Hamill's so sassy like that. Like he even like, ooh, did I? Whoops, did I just say that? Like he, like what do I mean? All right. Well, then I'm prepared to completely uh, close the book on this story. <laughs> hey, it's possible. Yeah. Like I, I, we, we, I've asked you guys many. I think it was even part of our quiz too. Like, R two and three PO been been in every film, even in Rogue One. They were just kind of thrown in there for just that. Uh... Oh yeah, they're yeah. That was crazy. I was like, why are they? You, if you're not going to use them, you're just throwing them in there. Like that's it. It was just for like uh, I don't know, just for their sake almost. They've been in every film. Let's just do it. 
if is that their thing? Is that going to become a thing? I guess we're going to find out with solo. If they're not in solo, then no, it's that that time has come to an end. Yeah, like the co-writer um, John Ga- uh, Kasdan, he said um, that there, yeah, that this movie will not have C three PO in it. But uh, oh, he did say that. Yeah, he said it. It's he said it on an interview with Uproxx. Um, but yeah, he said that Anth- no, Anthony Daniels is in the movie as a different character. Um, uh-huh. in the Papillon type offshoot story, the Wookiee that helps them escape Chewbacca's best friend is played by Anthony Daniels and beckons him to join them as they escape on a different ship. Ah. So. See, that's why we bring Michelle in. <laughs> Seriously. Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but I did, I did see that when everyone's like, what? But yeah, they're not going to put him in the movie as, as 3PO. Like, that would have been way too much shoehorning for me. Yeah, I would have just been like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> because then you see him meeting 3PO later. So it's like, that wouldn't make sense then. I don't know. But, eh. Yeah, it, would, it just would have felt completely needless and just yeah. tacky. All right, well, let's, let's bury that then. And uh, let, let's move on to our break. And then get into the binary sunset. Binary sunset. Evening boys, I hope you are all well. Okay, so I was listening to last week's Tumbling Saber and Carlos, uh, apologies, I've been giving you some some testing questions over the last few weeks. Sadly, I've got an absolute humdinger for you this week. So, it's a would you rather. We have... 1st of January 1970 to the 31st of December 1979 as one period. The 1st of January 1980 to the 31st of December 1989 as the second period. Carrying that through to the 90s, the noughties, the uh, current decade, so we haven't quite finished that. We've still got a couple of well, year and a half left of that. So I want you to decide which decade you would like to only be allowed to watch films from for the rest of your life. You can't watch any other film from any other decade ever again. So if you choose the 80s, you've got your Back to the Futures, you've got your classic... Um, you know, Goonies, etc., etc. But you can't watch any of the modern films that come out. Likewise, there's a fair few Star Wars films that have come out over that time period. Um, you'll only be allowed to watch the ones that fit into that particular decade. So, which one are you choosing? And why? Second question, linked to the first your chosen decade bit of a loophole now so especially for Corey would you swap your chosen decade for the forthcoming one so 1st of January 2020 through till 31st of December 2029 Hope you have a great show. 
And remember, it's the date that the film is released. So no loopholing uh, on that on that aspect, Corey. Uh, the date it's released, and we'll say uh, in the in the US. Okay, have a great show. Can't wait to hear you discuss this. Take care. Bye. All right, ads. Thank you, sir. Another mind-bending question. <laughs> I think ads is making it a point now to see how 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 just how many ways he can make make us twist into human pretzels with these questions now. Yeah, Car- Carlos is lucky not to to be here for this one. He'd be like, Jesus. Maybe that maybe that's why he ran away. Maybe <laughs> maybe he just could he he had like telepathic force idea of what the question was going to be and just like booked it. No, nope. she's like, nope, <laughs> not doing that. Okay, well, let's let's give this a shot then. So impossible. We're dealing with five separate decades here, from the seventies, eighties, nineties, the two thousands, and two thousand ten to the end of twenty nineteen. Oh boy. So, all right, Michelle, I'll let you. I'll let you take the first kick at the can here. Oh God. Which? <laughs> I thought I had my answer to this. But then I just started realizing, like, all of the important movies in my life, and it's impossible. Because if I think about it from just, like, a general perspective, I always, like, I was looking at all of the decades, and I was thinking, like, all right, well, the thing I can't live without is my 80s movies, because, like, I mean, Indiana Jones, Empire Strikes Back... Karate Kid, Heathers, Goonies, Gremlins. Like, I mean, there's just so many good movies like Back to the Future, Ferris Bueller, Stand By Me, Top Gun. But then, like, Harry Potter is my life. So, like, I don't know if I could just, like, not live without any Harry Potter ever again. Like, that would be really hard. And then, I don't know, in the 90s, like, there are just so many good movies, but I probably would. Oh, God, it's so hard. I mean, I think I would pick the 80s, but then I did watch the entire, like, eight-movie saga of Harry Potter, like, five times last year, back-to-back, so I don't know. Like, I mean, but the thing with Harry Potter is at least I have the books. Like, it doesn't, the question didn't say anything about reading. So, oh, you're thinking like Corey now. You're thinking like Corey. You go, girl. (laughs) No, but I mean, the books aren't set in like it's they're not movies, right? I can read the books. I mean, if I don't watch the movies, I can read the books, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so hard. I probably would pick the 80s just because I don't know. It's just I feel like the 80s movies are like my life, and I'm an 80s kid, and they're just too many good ones. And I mean, if I had to pick one, one I mean but the thing is if you pick now like then Star Wars you get like multiple ones as opposed to like just one but I don't know I feel like Empire Strikes Back I I mean that's a good one I'm I'm good with 80s I think I'll stick with 80s how about you Corey yeah like I'm kind of on the same page as Michelle here like I really like where your head's up Michelle we're totally riding the same wave here (laughs) Um, 80 to 89 like it just provides the most stuff there like you get the entire indie trilogy i believe yes uh, all of like them goonies die hard beverly hills cop space balls just to name a few michelle didn't um uh, predator the fly yeah man like running Virgin man Dancing, like Scarface. i could live with that michelle's loophole with the literature 
definitely works. I mean, granted, each one of these choices, that's the hard part about it, is, you know... It's hard. We, you have to let something go. Yeah, you have to let something go. That's the, the sad part. And for, like, the latter part of this question, on like, I just want to almost be able to tell him, like, can I let you know in 2029? Like... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me just check it out first, and because that's the thing, right? Like, that's almost an impossible thing to ask, too. Like, I, I think at this point, I'd have to let go of the '80s stuff just to be able to see new stuff. Like, if I actually want to even continue to podcast and whatnot, like, I guess I'd yeah. have to have access to this material, or else I'd just hang it up. And it would help you, Corey. I I won't lie. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm on the same page as Michelle. There, eighty to eighty-nine. There's there's a lot of good stuff that I I can definitely live with for a long, long time. And Harry Potter, yeah, I like I like the loophole there. Like I'm a big, big fan as well. And yeah, I can definitely read the books over the movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I, I hate to make things like a clean sweep. <laughs> we all grew up in the eighties, so the movies I mean, are so good it, though. <laughs> They're iconic. You're right. I mean, there's like the 80s are just chock full of great movies. I can easily dispense with the 90s. I I know there are movies in the 90s that I enjoyed. But as a decade, I'm pretty sure I have no problem just pressing the plunger. Get out of here, 90s. I even think I I could do without 2000 to 2009 pretty easily. Even though I have a you know, my DVD collection is mostly from that era. But I think I could do without... Uh, it all, it, yeah, it, it boils down to me for, for like the eighties and this current decade. Yeah. Same. But he also gave us 2010 to 2019, which is kind of interesting too, because at least he gives us, uh, the beginning of the new star oh, yeah, Wars. Right. Next, the current yeah. Decade. yeah. There's a lot of good like, stuff going on there. Yeah. It's hard to choose. Plus like, what if I, I, I want to write the biggie? What if I write, a, if I write a book and like I publish it and it becomes a movie, before 2029 like then i can't watch it if i pick the 80s <laughs> maybe i won't watch my own future movie i don't know i want to write a movie today. <laughs> if i already like tell myself that i don't want to watch movies in that time then what am i saying about my future <laughs> that's it like that, that's know. another loophole there if you're in a movie michelle i guarantee you ads will you will let me watch it yeah <laughs> my own movie he, couldn't watch it like because i mean technically you could create a movie but you just couldn't watch it right so i mean that could probably work i mean that would be hard to edit if you couldn't watch your own movie <laughs> yep yes that, that makes things much more challenging <laughs> hey did anybody mention the back to the future movies? yes yeah okay. back to the future okay yes oh okay, need good. need to have back to the future like i mean it's just I feel like all of the movies that a lot of the movies and the filmmakers that are creating movies now were inspired by or all of where their inspiration comes from. A lot of it is is rooted in the 80s, like even comedy, yeah, like uh, what is it like a uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and like horror stuff like Evil Dead um you know there's like good stuff and there's little mermaid like there's so many good things in the 80s you can't you can't get rid of the 80s yeah you you had mentioned earlier like too much iconic stuff like back to the future right away goonies like die hard john mcclain come on lethal weapon too lethal weapon yeah 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 untouchables karate kid plus again you get the whole indie trilogy oh yeah that's 
that's just like I, I I got to see that uh, at the Hollywood Bowl last year. They do this thing um, where they screen the film, and then the LA Philharmonic Orchestra plays the oh. score while you're watching it. And we watched Indiana Jones last year. I think we watched Raiders last year, and then this year we're watching another one as well. And they did the Harry Potter movies too. And then last year they did John Williams, and he came and he like did all. They had the screen up, and then every piece he played, the scene that it was playing on would show up on the screen. So cool! I love it. And John Williams was was actually there. Yeah. So this year is his 40th anniversary, and he's actually doing another. I think two nights at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. Um, I had, I think I have tickets to one of them, but it's like his, he comes and it's basically like a medley. So he plays like everything that he wants to play. Like he sets his own set list and he'll play like a lot of different iconic pieces that he's composed and he's conducting the orchestra for those two nights. And then, um, there's huge screens up and it's like an outdoor amphitheater. And then on the screens, they show like all the different scenes of the movies. And last year's, um, I think they had fireworks at the end of it. And I remember them saying like uh, it was very like it was very Harry Potter and like they had Harry Potter uh, and a lot of Star Wars and they had some Jaws stuff. And yeah, it was Superman. pretty cool. A lot of my friends went. Yeah, they like they played everything. It's just Dude, that's so incredible, cool. incredible, man. There. Yeah. I think I... And he it. like he's there and he's or he's like leading the orchestra. So like he's there. It's just so cool. Like. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty incredible. Honestly, yeah, like Kyle really and I have incredible. never had a chance for anything like that. So yeah, uh, if you could take advantage yeah, of that, I, was, I know I'm definitely going to that. I'm so excited. Um, all my friends went last year, and this year is like the 40. I think it's 40th anniversary show or something. So I can't remember. I should double check that. I was telling everyone that I'm friends with, I was like, you have to come to LA and like get a ticket and then go. Like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's Kyle's pretty cool. silent over there. I think he's making moving <laughs> plans to to move out to LA at this point. You should go. <laughs> I'm considering. I'm considering. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but that's he's an icon. But seriously, like even just his scores, like all of his '80s scores. I mean, he John Williams made like pretty much all of the best scores of that time period. Well, he's he's the soundtrack to our yeah. life. Seriously, it really is though. Like that concert feels like that. It's amazing. Yeah. I have to, I have to say, like I, I watched Empire with my son. Uh, yeah, it was last night. My wife was out, and you know, as soon as she left, I was like, "All right, let's do this, man." <laughs> like threw it in, but like I don't know, the the music from it really hit me. Like from a different standpoint, I don't know. It was odd. Like I, I, I love that guy's work, man. Yeah, so good. Well, then let's ask the next big question. So would you swap the 80s, your chosen decade, to be able to catch a glimpse of what's coming in the next decade? And that means you can never watch your 80s movies again. So you're taking a shot here. Again, as podcasters, there's there's that. So it's almost like hang up the reins there. And again, like, can I let you know in 2029? Like, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I mean, no, no, that's this is the gamble. I don't want to gamble. I'm trying to think about the movies that I'm excited about that are supposed to be coming out soon. But I don't know if I'm as excited for those as I am for my favorite movies. What's that like? What about Star Wars? It's like no more. Oh, oh, I'm gonna go down the Michelle route here. Say, like, I can always read the novelizations. Read the novelizations. Mm. And the the, comics. uh, 
Yeah, exactly. The trade paperbacks. Hmm. I mean, the thing is, like, I am reading because I am reading a lot of books that are written by like my friends or like friends of friends lately that are like being developed into movies. And I love the stories. So, like, I know that it'll probably happen in that time frame of 2020 to 2029. So, like, I mean, I can read the books, though. It's so hard. This is such a hard choice. I don't know. Look what you've done, ads. It's so hard. My mind is just like I don't know what to do. Ah, uh, don't commit so like me. I don't know if I. I don't think I could. It's good that you're finally admitting it. <laughs> don't commit like me. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, oh, that's hard. I can't think of anything right now. That well, the thing is, like. I mean, most people would probably be like, Fantastic Beasts is coming. I'm not super excited about those, so I could, like, take it or leave it. And then uh, Avatar is coming out. I don't know if I'm still into that so much. But, oh, but then, like, oh, then we can't watch the second part of Infinity War. I need to know what happens. That's so uh, Well, that comes out. You'll be safe. That comes out next that's year. Jet, well, yeah, there. but, like. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's next year. I mean, technically, I bet I didn't pick this year, that time frame of this time frame. Right, but that's 2020. I don't know. I don't think I could. I, I'm yeah, too like, indecisive. I got I, I got a bit of another loophole. Maybe so we can possibly maybe even write us a clause in here saying, you know, any podcast you're involved in, you get to watch oh, yeah, like still. for work. Yeah, like they oh. they do that for um people who have to go to work and they get they get their licenses taken away for a DUI. <laughs> like they only are allowed they can they can drive but only when it's to and from to work. Like I, I had a it's boyfriend. It's work related. I mean, you can't take him. the you can't take this the tumbling saber away from us. Yeah, it's like then then ads won't have anything to listen to anymore because we won't have stuff to talk <laughs> about. And then then you know what, Michelle? As well, we can start up a whole bunch of new podcasts. <laughs> right. Rather, like what is this hey hey <laughs> guys no you guys are staying yeah, here both both we just gotta like it's just the name really you don't even need any followers you just gotta yeah. start the name so of he, a podcast here's, here's my loophole here's my loophole guys i'm gonna i'm gonna dump the 80s movies <laughs> no! i'm doing it I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it but you know what i'm gonna rep- I'm, I'm going to listen to the scores of those movies I'm going to get all the soundtracks from all my favorite 80s flicks and play those. No, it's not the same, but it's a pretty good proxy. Because, you know, Michelle, I I play the game as, you know, in the spirit of the game, whereas Corey just doesn't commit to anything. I'm trying. I'm wrestling with my. (laughs) We came up with some great stuff there, Michelle. Don't. Don't get down on yourself. You were very creative, and I'm very impressed. Um, no, I I mean, 80s, probably. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if it's enough to, for me to just listen. I mean, um, I don't know. I was a music major in college, so, like, I would be okay with that. But then, I don't know. I, I mean, I would feel so cheated if I was, like, you know, if I'm just, like, well, I want more. And then I got greedy, and I was, like, not to say it's greedy to ch- choose 20 to 2020 to 2029 but like I already know that I love these movies and then like what if I don't like any of the movies that come out in 2020 to 2029 like maybe there's like three movies that are good but like in the 80s there are just so many movies I love that are amazing so like if I get bored for the rest of my life I'll have lots of movies to watch but if like I only like three movies 
in 2020 to 2029 and that will be really boring for me because then i'll only watch the same ones like over and over again me it's not, it's not even so much of the movies that i great it's just that you just you're missing out on current culture in a way like that's that's, that's the big true. thing that's not, you're right that's not that's not cool and that like my job description i need to be up on pop culture right that, that's I mean, it so ads is gonna write us in some clauses here pop- michelle like ride that wave he's gonna you know we we got our loopholes worked out here <laughs> right i i want to stick around for 20 to 2029 just so i could see what they do with star wars on the 50th anniversary That's true. that would be super cool and i kind of want to see like through all of these announced projects that they've been talking about like the tv show and the obi-wan movie and the other movies by everyone else that they're going to do like i think are this game of thrones guys still doing their movies I like that you call them Game of Thrones guys because that's what I call them. Yeah. I can never remember them. Yeah, it's D&D. Like D&D. That's what... yeah. D&D. Yeah. I don't know. I remember when they were talking about... I'm like a little bit nervous about them though because that when they announced that project that they were going to do like right after um, Game of Thrones and it was like that really like insensitive racial thing that everyone was like, yeah, you shouldn't probably be doing this. And then every, they were just like, no, it's okay. And after that, I was just like a little nervous because... I don't know. I just hope they don't mess it up. But we'll see what happens. They're good with the drama, so and the action. Those action sequences in Game of Thrones the are amazing. World building too. So many characters. Yeah, but that's mostly. I mean, a lot of that is coming from the books. So I don't know. I, I'm. I'm. I hope that they can. They can still do that without like. Well, I mean, the Star Wars universe is very rich, so I feel like they're not going to fall into that trap of, like, you have really great source material to pull from, and then if you don't have really great source material, then it's like, what do we write now? Yeah, anything goes. It's like, this doesn't exist. Well, now it does. Yeah, it'll be awesome. I think it should be cool. Uh, I guess I have to switch to that I will not do the 80s. Oh, my God, that's so hard. Yeah. Move on. Don't make me the power of persuasion. <laughs> oh, I don't know. All right. Yeah, like let's move on before I change my mind again. <laughs> That's right. Ads, look what you've done, sir. Yeah. I don't feel so bad because I didn't make an, an actual decision, so Yeah, well, that's that's expected at this point, Corey. <laughs> God. Damn it. All right, ads. Thanks, man. We will catch you again in next week's ads edition. And let's let's uh, let's check out what Bradley has to say. Hey guys, Bradley here with this week's Star Wars question. So we got news this week on John Favreau's uh, TV live action TV series that's going to be coming out, um, I believe, in fall of 2019. And we got to find out basically uh, what time period it's going to be taking place in. And I have to say, um, I was hoping to hear that it was going to be in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. And I was really hoping it would be a lot closer to um, uh, The Return of the Jedi. And I pretty much got my wish. I mean, um, first reports was that it was going to be seven years after uh, the Battle of Endor. And, um, you know, which isn't too far removed from Return of the Jedi. But I was kind of hoping that it would be a little bit closer. And uh, then there was a, a report that came out afterwards uh, that was basically saying, no, 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 
not indoor we met yavin and so um they were saying seven years after the battle of yavin which puts it even a lot closer uh depending on how you know the the time your opinion of of actually what the time period is in between these movies you're looking anywhere from i would say seven or four years to seven years um after the battle of yavin and so um so if you go on that high end that seven year you know you're you're looking at the very um uh, very least you're looking at you know just two three years after return of the jedi which i think is pretty cool um i was kind of hoping for something that was going to be uh, a lot closer um to the uh to that movie so my my question for this week is basically about what your expectations for this tv show are what are what are you hoping to see um you know for me what i'd like to see is kind of kind of the way rebels has done um that animated series um where you have new characters you have new storylines you have you know the expanding of the universe expanding of the, the Star Wars galaxy and then you know every once in a while you kind of drop in a familiar character uh, a main character from our saga movies and you kind of help that to you know run side by side with these stories and just kind of expand it a little bit for us and but also kind of uh, weave it in there where it kind of blends in real nice and even with with the story that they're trying to tell um you know i kind of would like to see um a little bit more on the empire side and its downfall because this is this should be the time period where the the empire is actually dying or it's falling apart and i think that would be pretty cool to uh to get that point of view um a little bit more than we would say the rebels uh point of view but um you know either way i'm not gonna i'm gonna be happy with whatever they put out there because it is more star wars um but yeah i'm kind of curious what uh what your expectations for this live action tv show uh, uh is and um if you're happy with the uh the time period that's going to be in so there you go, guys. Hope you all have a great podcast, and hopefully y'all are doing well, and y'all have a great week, and may force be with you, always. All right, guys, let's jump back into the John Favreau series here, because uh, we didn't really talk about our expectations. It's almost as if we planned it this way. Um, all right, Michelle, what are your expectations? What do you want to see happen in this series? Like, Because we, we know nothing. We don't know if this will be told from the perspective of new rebels new imperials i get well not imperials they're done um bounty hunters like what would you like to see well i definitely want to see something new and fresh but like also kind of get to or like a time period because it's so great because this time period there really isn't that much there so like you can do anything with it and I feel like it would be so interesting to kind of I don't know see like a different part of the universe that we haven't really been exposed to yet um I don't know and I just want to listen to I want to find I just I'm really excited 
for more just character like cons- like character arcs that are just fresh and I like I want to be surprised with something cool and new like I feel like some of the stuff like with um that's been coming out lately that I've enjoyed in Star Wars is like um like stuff that I didn't expect or that I didn't like think even think that I wanted or needed to like hear the story of like so I would be down to kind of see where they take it because um I don't know I want them to convince me of like to like like new characters and but I, I would like to see some like easter eggs and stuff but like I would like I said before with like other things as well like I would want them to be there but only if they serve the greater story and not just like to be there to be there like I want there to be a good story that makes sense that's cool that makes me want to watch every week um but if they kind of I don't know I feel like it would be so cool there's so many characters that I want to like show up but also I just I want to be surprised that that's fair I mean, that that is definitely a fair thing to say. Um, Corey, can you add to that? Like, what do you expect? Well, first of all, Bradley, I just want to say, like, not like it really makes that much of a difference, but we, I think we discussed it earlier in the sense that uh, the time period, it's not so much as five years after Endor. It's more like 2.5 to three years after Endor, roughly. Uh, I, I was thinking, I was kind of going down the same rabbit hole of this would be really cool, like, Heir to the Empire, the original Thrawn series by uh, Timothy Zahn, the way the kind of the Empire regroups, which we're kind of also seeing in uh, Battlefront 2 now, I think. Uh Like something like that, where they're hiding within some kind of like nebulous, like unknown regions area where kind of like where Zeb's planet was like somewhere that only they know how to get to like just rebuilding something like that the only thing that leads me away from that is the fact that the first order and the empire and all that they're kind of racial in that sense that it's all like very it's human orientated you don't see very many i don't think you see any aliens on on that side of the first order and all that and with john favreau's uh tech thing i don't know i don't think we'll get another crew cruise or where i'm at like firefly the ghost crew, I'm all yeah. about that, but I don't know if they want to go to that well too often, you know? So I, I'm kind of all over the place on this one. I really don't know where they're going to go. Like it, there's still like a lot of possibilities. Like we have resistance coming, which is focusing on the resistance. So we, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be about that, but maybe it could be about a group of characters who loosely tie into the formation of the resistance I don't know, like th- there's a lot of possibilities here, but I think they're going to play off the grid, maybe a little off the beaten path a bit, which is something I want. Like, yeah, and again, like John Favreau has been thinking about this for a long time, and he 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 had something written before even being offered or pitching something to them, which speaks volumes. Yeah, it does. Um... I don't have a super strong take on this only because I almost, I, I think I pretty much trust John Favreau implicitly, explicitly, whatever you want to call it. I completely have total faith in this guy that whatever he does and whoever the story focuses on, I will dig it. 
I, I'm co- I will be along. I'm for confused the ride for nonetheless, sure. though. I I have no clue. Even with everything that they've given us so far, I have no clue where they're going with it. Yeah, me either. Well, they've given us nothing. Yeah. Really. They've just said all new characters. Yeah, all new characters. I think he said like he has six episodes done, and like we know what time period it is, and that's like pretty much it. But um, but it isn't also like this is the time period also when like um, wasn't Princess Leia like still hiding the fact that she was Darth Vader's daughter and stuff? I feel like that's still she was. Yeah, I feel like that could be cool, like to kind of touch on. Because I feel like yes. we haven't done any, like, young Leia stuff, like, really, like, in live action. So I feel like that could be interesting. Like, they need to hide her or, like, they some, some like, rumor comes out and they need to get rid of it. I just, I that would be a cool story. I don't know. That would be interesting. Well, that's the thing. Like, you it know? seems like new and unique characters, which kind of was, like, saying before, like, I hope they do touch characters like Leia, yeah. Luke, Han, Ahsoka. Yeah, like, they could. Exactly. Like it could just be like that they they know they 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 don't have to show up, but like they reference them in some way, and like maybe some sort of thing impacts them or causes them to do something that serves the greater thing. Like I mean, Rogue One is really awesome too. Like it was one of my favorites before, like in the recent years before I saw like the newer stuff. But I think it was really cool, and I think it could be interesting to like. Because they, you see like parts of other stuff, and you know that it's servicing the bigger story, but you also get to kind of get lost in it and find new people that you kind of love. Which That's you can touch on it a bit. Like, come on, Hera, Chopper, yeah. Chopper, Hera. What if he's what if he's loopholing, Corey? What if he's loopholing, and and this show would be about like L three, and uh, Rio, and so some of the sidekicks, some of the secondary characters from from Solo, and he says. And, and the loophole is that, yes, he's calling them new characters, but that's only because we haven't really met them yet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't see it going well, down yeah. that road. Because if it's like seven years later, I, I was watching, I was making like a small timeline. And um, it said something about like how seven years uh, ABY is when Han and Lando um, have the stuff they have to revisit the stuff uh involving the phalanx redux transmitter with like that makes all the droids into killers that like destroy everything like that's apparently that'll be like the same right time period as like this story this is exactly the time period for the solo it's the exact same because it's both it's seven years after the battle of yavin so it's like the same exact time so they could technically spin some stuff off of han and like the han the solo movie that could be a deep cut that's the time uh, period a maximum overdrive reference. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense that, you know, Favreau was already familiar with this cast of characters. Yeah. So, and why, why couldn't like, if, if, if Rio turns out to be a, a smash with fans. Yeah. I mean, why not capitalize on that and like try to make, you know, it's, it's so, it's so hard to launch like a hit TV show, even if you have, even if you think you have all of the makings of a hit, like you need that audience to be there. And like, if you're going to have this amazing potential for a lead in for the film, then why wouldn't you take it? I mean, I could see if they didn't, if that's a choice, but I mean, it would make sense to like, I feel like in a Disney standpoint, they would be like, Oh, this is a really great marketing strategy, but who knows? Yeah. Cause I feel like everybody is sort of rogue one. Yeah all of the secondary characters, right? Like Beckett's dead for sure. Kira's going to die. 
And all of these other players, except for Han, Chewie, and Lando, like everybody believes everybody else is going to die. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to do I, that. I don't like, think they would. I, I will weep. I will cry tears of blood if they kill Rio. Oh my God. Oh my Hang God. In there, Kyle. Let's not even put that out in the, let's not even put that out in the universe as like an option to happen. <laughs> And, oh, Mich- Michelle, do you have do you have the Rio do you do you have the Rio Funko? No, figure? I don't. I need to get it. <sighs> it's awesome. I need it. I saw it. I saw it at a video game store, and I snapped it up immediately. It's so cute. I need it so much. It's like the I, there's like um there was like a a pair like of that with Chewy with the goggles on like the two of them together. Oh, so cute. I can't. I buy it. That's the two I bought. Rio and Chewie oh with God, the goggles. I'm so cute. I can't. Oh, you I know, the only it. one I bought so far, because that's the way I roll. And <laughs> again, I can't believe you guys didn't give mention to this, is that I think this movie is taking huge, huge notes from Rogue One in the sense that K2 stole the show. And I heard that L3 <laughs> is going to do the same thing. I'm so excited for L3. And I got my L3 pop. Oh my god, I need, I need, I, I have, I have all of my droids, but I need my L3. I just need, I need it. I just can't wait. I, K2SO is legit my favorite character, and like, I can't deal. Like, he, I just, I love Alan Tudyk, and like, when I watched the, um, I loved watching the, like the extras in the movie where he talks about how like he would make his walk like a little different than the other joy It's just, and you can see it in the CG. It's so cool. I'm just like, ah, I can't. Yeah. And my best friend's friend wrote a lot of the dialogue for K2SO. So I just like fangirl around her all the time and just tell her like, Oh, tell Stephanie that I just love her writing and it's amazing. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> it's ridiculous so awesome but yeah that would be super cool if i'm excited but then i also don't want to like get too excited and then be like i don't think that they would they would pull that on us where they like hype up like the fact that he's like he's the new k2 and then everyone's like no he's not the same but i don't know i'm excited (laughs) very much so do we do we concede that there's probably not going to be any Jedi or Sith related force using ability stuff in this? I do. Yeah. I feel like like can, yeah. Can, I, no. I don't know. Maybe. Is it is it Star Wars if you don't even touch on that well, kind of thing? Well, you know what? I I wouldn't either way. I can go either way. Like if they did it like, fine. Yeah, it's but there like but Han, like yeah. I'd almost want to see that reference with Han in the sense that uh you know that that hokey religion stuff. Like, yeah, it's like I almost want to see an example of it where he's just like, "Hey, see how that miserably failed." Like that's what I remember <laughs> of that shit. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd like to see that perspective too, where there's like these people are crazy. Like, what are they talking about? Um, that would be interesting. I I feel like it. I mean, obviously, it's just like the force is in everything and a part of everything so there's no way to like for it not to exist in the universe but um i don't know as a main plot point i don't know or what about like maybe kira's like all about the force and she's like trying to like tell han about it a bit and he's like you're crazy and then she dies and it's like see look where it got you oh my god wow that would be deep i could see that (laughs) 
I wonder if something, you know, we, we read these uh, early spoiler or spoiler free reviews, the reactions to the red carpet premiere. I wonder if some of these big, huge reveals, the surprises that they're talking about are because are rooted in the force. That will be really oh, interesting yeah, to see. Oh yeah, that would be really interesting to see for sure. I'm really I'm really intrigued to see what exactly it is these be careful of spoilers spoiler I, eggs are are I don't even know how to word that. I'm excited to see like I'm when I finally watch the movie being like, "Oh, that's what they were talking about when they said don't avoid spoilers." Like that's the thing they wanted to protect you from. Like I'm really excited to see what it is. Because now I'm just super intrigued. Yeah. Like, I just want to know what's the big thing. Like, I don't want anyone to spoil it for me, but I'm just like, excited to find out. Like, and be like, ah! Absolutely. And then be able to talk to, like, two people about it who have also seen it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess to, to sum up Bradley's question, I, 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 my expectation is that it, it will be fun and funny. Uh, just the vibe that John Favreau brings to things, that's what he does. Um. Yeah, make it exciting. Build out the galaxy a little more. You know, call back to some things that we already know. But above all, I would like it to be this all new thing. Like I'm, I'm right now. I'm, I'm at a point where I just want all this new Star Wars stuff to push it forward. I don't. I want to stop leaning on nostalgia yes. and all these things that we've been visiting for the 30, 40 years of of the franchise's existence. Let's start to put those things away a little bit or use them more as reference points rather than drivers ooh, of, ooh, of the story. I got it. I got it. I just thought of this now, man. Just popped in there, man, with this whole, like, Jungle Book tech and whatnot and his familiarity with Mandalorians being pre visited oh. oh. Come oh, on. God. Yeah, pick it up with the Mandos after Jedi. Yeah, why not, man? They gotta go somewhere. Yeah, that, okay, I could. Yeah, I could. I could be on. And it board makes with sense that. too, I guess, kind of with the helmets and that tech, kind of from that graphics yeah. animation standpoint. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Throw it on the board. I I would like to see that. Bradley. There you go, sir. Did anybody else have anything uh, they want? They wanted to add to that? No, I think we're good. I think we're just excited to see what it is. Absolutely. All right. Let's check in with the, uh, speaking of Mandos, let's check in with the metal Mando, Jeff Keltz, this week. Hey guys, Jeff here from sunny Fort Myers, Florida. So we have the solo movie right around the corner, and what I want to do for this week is kind of have you guys do one of those classic would-you-rather type of Q&As. So my first one is, would you rather have every major kind of point in Han Solo's history be covered in this movie, or would you rather have there be some type of kind of cliffhanger to be continued type of scenario where the second half of his story is covered in a sequel. And then on to the characters. So would you rather see Jabba the Hutt or Boba Fett in this movie? And as a bonus question to that, maybe a little type of a loophole question, if you pick Jabba the Hutt, would you rather see Bib Fortuna or Salacious Crumb at his side, just kind of hanging around there. So the next one is, would you rather see Lobot or R2-D2 and C-3PO? That's a good one there, I think. And not likely, but I'm going to throw it out there. Would you rather see Darth Vader or Grand Moff Tarkin make a little cameo? 
And my last one here is about bounty hunters. Would you rather see Cad Bane and Embo, or would you rather see Bosk, Dangar, IG88, and the whole crew there from the, you know, the Star Destroyer deck hanging around in this movie doing their thing? So hey, for this week, guys, what would you rather see? I'm the Metal Mando, and I'm out of here. See you later, guys. Bye. All right, Metal Mando, thank you, sir. There's a, another round of Would You Rathers. Let's 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 plow through these. So, all right, let's. Who are we gonna go first? Um, well, actually, you know what? We could we could break this one down a little bit. So, would you guys rather have all of the major beats from Han's backstory covered in Solo, or leave a couple uncovered for any any potential sequel? What do you think, Michelle? Um, I think. I mean, I, there's what I think will happen and what I want to happen, but I, I mean, I want them like to put in enough that like serves the greater arc of the story, but not too much where it feels overloaded and we over overloaded and we feel cheated by you know the fact that like certain beats weren't explored a little bit longer and just trying to like get everything in by the end. Um, and I just I just I don't know what it is but like there's just something about Solo that has me thinking it's not going to end up being just one movie like I feel like even if it doesn't become like Solo Part 2 for lack of a better like working title if he ends up weaving his like I feel like they'll they'll use him in something else like, even if they do a Lando movie or something else um so I, I feel like they you should always leave some of it up for like fun and then if I mean if they're planning to actually tell the story. I don't know. I don't want it to get super bogged down and, and like try like them trying to do too much by like being too ambitious because I don't want it to feel like you're schizophrenic and all over the place. Um so I guess like as enough beats of his story that make a great story for the film. Is how much I want to be in. Yeah, because like we know we're gonna see the meeting with Chewie yeah. and Lando. We know we're getting how he how he gets the Falcon, and we know the Kessel Run is coming. Like those are four, and that's big a deals. lot. Like I I do mentoring with kids, and we talk basically um, teach them elements of a story and help them come up with a five page screenplay over the course of seven weeks, and then they get them performed. But we teach them, like, in, in the class that you should, like, good stories should, like, screenplays just consider to have, like, three major obstacles. The third being, like, a climax and, like, don't put too much in it. But, like, you want to put enough that it's interesting and not predictable but not too much that it's, like, overloaded and you don't know what's happening and you don't know how to keep track. So, I mean, I feel like that's exactly what it is. Like, you want to make sure that it's good but not too busy. That uh, makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, I well, I just want to say, like, I'm on the same page as Michelle again in the sense that uh, Easter eggs and spoilery-wise, whatever you want to call it, like, as long as it's not out, too out of the way of the story to, to service the fans, like, that's what I'm all about. Now, how is this for a spoiler, though? Like, we know that Han, well, we don't necessarily know, but it seems that way that Han and Chewie frequent Moss Cantina or Moss Eisley oh. Cantina frequently. How would it be that Ewan McGregor is actually in this film 
for like a split second at the end, just <gasps> in the background, lurking like Aragorn or something, you know, watching them saying, oh these God. are the fools that I'm going to get me to take to f- complete my mission kind of in the long run. You know what I mean? Like I could see that now the lead into an Obi-Wan Kenobi film. Oh my well, that God. Would make that would be amazing. his appearance at the red carpet. That just, oh that just popped I in there again right out. now. That would be so cool. I don't know if that happens, but I'm definitely going to be like paying attention and like keeping my eyes out in any sort of scene to make sure I clock it. Oh my god, that would be so cool. That would be a perfect lead-in. That would be really, really cool if they, like, if, even if they took a page out of Marvel's playbook and made yeah, it like a, a Stanley post-credit scene. Oh yeah, that that would be cool. Because again, with Han and Chewie. Yeah, arriving at the at the cantina so on Mos Eisley, cool. they walk through, and yeah, you see. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Because they frequent that place, and they know Jabba and all that stuff. So like, they're like not locals too, but they're not unfamiliar with Tatooine, right? So you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Like uh, for sure, Obi Wan's familiar, man. He's scouted that planet. Like he knows it probably like the back of his hand at this point. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that would be awesome. Yep, that would uh, that would do for me, man. That would make I, I would have to go lay down. Yeah, after that. <laughs> take to bed. Just time to digest, man. I'm just gonna go out to my car and just recline, guys. Yeah, Bye-bye. like I think someone will have to come into the movie theater and like crane lift me out of my seat because I will be deceased, like in my seat, like I won't move. They'll be like, hello, miss. Like, we need to clean so we can get the next people in here. And I'll be like, I'm sorry. I'm dead. Like, I can't. That was enough. Like, I'm done. Yeah, like, my bones might just turn to liquid. <laughs> and I'd just be like this limp little puddle. I'd be like, can you <laughs> carry me out? <laughs> just wet vac me into the... <laughs> just, just... Or shop vac me. Yeah. Like, I need someone to just, like, TARDIS me out. Like, just be like, okay, bye. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah, I just... I can't. Or, like, um just yeah i don't know it's like I that huh? oh, that was a good thought yeah. that just popped in that, there, was, that would be awesome that would be so cool i feel like everyone would yeah. freak out well people would freak out and that and there's your confirmation of of the obi-wan film. yeah that, yeah you would they would they wouldn't have to make an announcement at that yeah. point like that that, that would be enough the announcement, announcement. I feel like with this, with with Solo too, though, they've been doing a lot of that where they just, like, casually, like, drop things without, like, telling you that it's going to happen. Like, um, when we could buy the tickets and stuff and, like, they didn't, like, I, I had an assumption that it would happen on May the 4th, but, like, you know, they just did it. And they're like, here you go. So. Yeah, even when they when they announced, like, Favreau series, yeah, Out of the Blue. Exactly. Game of Thrones guys, Out, out of the, the Blue. blue. Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Hey, like, look at this. It's like a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, look at that. It's, and they're not even waiting for like the end of the news cycle, like Friday, like last minute so that people are talking about the whole weekend. Like they're just like on a Tuesday, like, here you go. Like just letting you know. And like, it's just crazy. To me. I'm like, what? What is happening? I don't know what to do with myself. But I feel like that's just kind of like their strategy lately. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they were like, quote unquote like planning to announce that it's actually going to happen like it would just seem like like exactly what they're doing lately so i wouldn't be surprised that would be super cool though yep super cool uh okay so i as far as the, all the major beats from han's backstory like i hope they leave some open frankly like i, I we we mentioned four of them i hope they leave it at that like i don't need to see jabba in this movie like I kind of hope they don't even talk about Jabba. 
which is okay. So spoilers for for the next. Would you rather? <laughs> uh, would you rather see Jabba or Boba Fett? And I I just spoiled mine. I would much rather see Boba Fett because I halfway expect to see him anyway, and I'd prefer that they save Jabba for whatever it's next. Like if there's Han Solo Part Two, that now you can introduce Jabba into Han's story as the big looming threat. Yeah. That, so that, that's that's where my head's at. Corey, what do you think? Yeah, well, I'm definitely on the same page there. Like, you know, we know what happened with Jabba already. You can still kind of include that in this story verbally. And it still makes sense because, you know, and it just provides to the general audience. Like, you can still get that background. You got this, like, uh, Godfather guy, like, this looming presence. You don't necessarily need to meet him. But the thing that makes me say Boba Fett is really... Return of the Jedi. Han's mm. getting a sight back. They're on, on the barge, right? Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Don't tell me that's only from the holiday special. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there's a, there's a history there. Exactly. So like, let's get that in here, man. I'm I'm totally down for that. I I, oh, I, yeah. I don't think he's gonna have a big role, if anything. But it would be nice to, to see them have almost a bit of a joke skirmish or something accidental that happens that like Han hits Boba Fett in the back and that's his end something similar you know where they're you know they're in a big firefight or whatever and Boba Fett's like the big looming bad guy in a sense and Han just does something so stupid and it's an accident that he ends up coming out alive yeah that's yeah that's a good call Michelle Jabba or Boba? Well, I in the move in solo. Well, in solo, I would want to see Boba Fett. I feel like, like you, like you're saying with Jabba, I would want. I'm still always holding out hope that someday the gods will like smile upon us and grace us with Guillermo del Toro's Jabba the Hutt Godfather movie, which like I just feel like that idea is so great. I would want Jabba to have his own like weird caper movie like of him being like the godfather and i just i feel like he and i think it's like similar to what some of what they do in like the marvel movies and where they the first like bad guy and like if they're doing like a couple then the first one they would give like kind of like a little bit of a lower bad guy but not like as big or like as iconic and i feel like with Jabo, like I, we're trying to meet all of the new characters in solo so like i feel like you don't want to like, I feel like it would service the story more if we had Boba Fett in it. And, and then in they if they decide to do, like, another one later, then they don't have to, like, introduce us to all of the characters that are in, that are going to be, you know, the people that we're following so that we can get to, like, spending time on Jabba. But I don't, I don't think we need it. I don't know. I would prefer to, I just said like, Boba Fett's cool and he's a bounty hunter and I feel like this is more of like a crime heist situation. So I just feel like it makes more sense if they're going to be actively like doing things. I feel like Jabba's more like in, on his lair with Salacious and like, you know, just hanging out as opposed to like being involved in like a chase thing. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it'd be cool to have Boba Fett like hanging out. That's my choice. Yeah, I mean, my, my preference is neither, but if yeah, I had to choose... Yeah, I mean, choose, I, I, I don't think Boba we need Fett. either of them. Like, personally, I don't want to see either of them in the movie. Like, I don't know if that's blasphemous, but, like, I I don't think that there's a place for them in this specific movie. Um, if, yeah, if I, I agree. Off. I think it's 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 kind of like, you know, the, the struggle that 
uh, the, uh, Michael Arndt and J.J. Abrams had with Luke in, in The Force Awakens, yeah. that at, at every point where they tried to bring Luke in, Luke takes over. Exactly. So if you're trying to establish, like, Dryden Voss or Enfys Nest as, as the big bad no guys in this attention. film... They're just going to be like, yeah, the, eh, whatever. Like, let's it's get to be the, a backstory thing. Like, yeah. that's why keep keep it like word of tongue, word of mouth, like a verbal, like, yeah, Jabba hired me to do this. Everybody knows Jabba. Yeah. But that's what makes the, the, I feel like that serves that character more because there's this kind of mysticism and like thing around Jabba where it's just like, he's so powerful and they're scared of him. So like most of the people I feel like would just be whispering about him and like kind of like, I don't know. I, it just it just seems more like that as opposed to like him always being in your face. I feel like a lot of people would be gossiping about him and being scared kind of in the shadows. I feel like with Boba Fett, it's like more active. I, I, I don't know. I just don't think we need them. It's just I don't I yeah. want I want if, instead of like wasting like a minute on, you know, job like a, a, a shot of Java, I'd rather have that minute to tell something a little bit further about the story that makes yeah. it a little bit more Let, complex. We gotta deep, deep we gotta deepen Han and Boba's relation. Like exactly. Boba's like obsessed with him man. like yeah. Gar- but he, like tracking him down in Empire is like, I'm gonna get you bitch. Like <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's like jeez. Yeah. Like seriously, it's like he's almost got a vendetta. Like and Han too that that the, the way he says Boba Fett, Boba Fett like they yeah. have a major history together, and it's got to be explored somewhat in this film. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I, I feel like if you shift any attention to Boba Fett, it takes away from Enfys Nest and, and Dryden Voss and any bad guys. That it's got to be the same way as it was almost in in Jabba's place. Like, you know, it's got to be like this this quick thing where like, oh my god, and then whoops. I see it being coming down to a joke, Maybe, boiling down to a joke, kind of. If, if if you don't give if you don't give Dryden Voss and and Fisness their due, you know what's what treatment they'll get? The Mary Sue treatment. They'll get the okay. Sno- no. <laughs> they'll get the uh, the the Snoke treatment. Why did you introduce this guy and not give him a backstory if you were just going to kill him off? Yeah, that's always just like a red shirt situation. Yeah, that's sad. I don't like when people introduce people just to kill them off. Like it's just so predictable. It's like. I want to be like I want to feel like um like I don't know I like I I don't know I want I want it to be like I don't know who's safe like that's what I want to feel but I don't know I want emotional I want to feel something like if you just if you just kill someone you don't even know like it's just like you don't really care Yeah, yeah exactly. like we talk about it in writing all the time when we say if you just meet someone and they say, oh, my grandma just died, you're like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. But, like, if you get to know someone or, like, if your best friend tells you their grandma died, like, you feel really bad for them. And that's kind of, like, the same thing with characters. Like, you need to give, the like, the audience time to get to know them to actually feel something when they die. Or else it's just, like, pointless. Like, you're just wasting the time that you could be spending on something else. Well, definitely the way the way uh, Jabu was shoehor- shoehorned into A New Hope. I wouldn't yeah. that. Nope. All right, so let's move on, to, move on to the next one. Would you rather see Lobot or R2 and 3PO, Michelle? Oh, God, this was a hard one, but I love, I have to go with R2 and 3PO because, I mean, I just don't think that, like, they'll be in it. I think it makes more sense to see Lobot, but I don't know. I also, but I also think, like, with the R2 and 3PO, like, them being in, um, 
Rogue One, I just, I wasn't, like, I, they're great, but, like, I just, I, if I see them, I want to see them do something. Like, I don't want to just see them and be like, oh, my God, they're there, and then, like, just, like, no, no one cares, and they move on. Like, it makes me sad. So, I don't know. Ne- neither. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but, I Corey, what do you, well, what do you think? I'm kind of going to go the exact opposite of Michelle here and say that, if R2 and 3PO were in it, the only reason I'd want to see them in it is to not break the the streak. That's the only Uh-oh. reason why they need to be in this film. There's no other reason other than not to break the, that streak. <clears throat> Besides that, I, I'm much more interested in seeing Lobot in this film. Because we know, due to the comics, that it's probably like a pre-Lobotomy Lobot. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if you've read the Lando comic super interesting like what happens from there on out uh it's pretty deep their relationship so uh to see him you know pre-lobotomy like i said i think would be really really interesting interesting. that would be great character development too because we haven't really seen that that would be super cool yeah the the lando comic it makes more sense the lando comic if you haven't seen it it's it makes a lot of sense in that regard but uh anyhow whatever i'm on, i'm on lobot as well like like i mentioned before like i just don't know how they introduce the droids into this and make it feel natural yeah that's why i said i would like to see them because i would like to see them but i don't want to see them because i don't think that there's a purpose for them like it's just i love them but like no it doesn't make sense realistically i wonder lobot- what carlos would say <laughs> i wonder what carlos would say about this one yeah, Lobot would be cool. Well, he would definitely be know, on. So like, like he'd boycott the film if Three Poo weren't in it. Oh really? Oh, <laughs> uh, I just. Yeah, Car- Carlos is not a big C three PO fan <laughs> at all. Yeah. All right. Next, would you rather Vader or Tarkin, Corey? I definitely don't want to see Vader. Want to stop leaning on that crutch. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Vader, but it's just that at, at that point it becomes way too much, way too much. And if and if Han's ever gotten a sniff of Vader, he knows that the mother, oh, well, he knows that the the Force exists. So, if anything, Tarkin. But even at that, I don't think we need it. It'd be nice. I love Tarkin. We know the Empire is involved in this film. It would be nice for the whatever havoc Han wreaks. Be nice for it to reach the Grand Moff's ears, something along those levels. But definitely no Vader for me. Don't need that. Don't like Rogue One really did a good job with that. Don't need it in this film. Agreed. What about what do you but what about yeah, you, Michelle? I'm the same. I'd be like that Rogue One Vader, like was just so great. I like why would you ruin that? Like it was such a good moment. And so many people loved it. I loved it too. And I love Vader, but I just, I don't know. I just think it's like too much overload as well. Like if you were in it and I just, I I don't think that realistically it would make sense. Like the same thing with Han. Like, I just don't think that it would make sense in the timeline for him to like know about all of that, like in that film, like, or not like know about it, but just like for that to be addressed in that film um, or this film. And yeah, I love Tarkin too. I think he's really cool. I, I don't really think neither of them need to be in the movie but if i had to choose i would pick tarkin 
Yeah, I'd like to see maybe some like uh, some kind of hollow video of of Tarkin yeah. propaganda, something yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, yeah, definitely like propaganda or like any sort of like uh like world building situation, like posters and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, but I don't like as a character like being involved in the story, like at with the act, like with the all of the stuff, the CGI. I mean, they are using all the CGI stuff. So, oh wait, no, that's not for this. That's for the show. Yeah, mm, no, I don't think so. I just I feel like there will be like his yeah, stuff, just... but not him as a character, like being a part of the story. Like, yeah, he doesn't need to be like an active, active part of the story. Yeah, an active part of the story. Yeah, exactly. I just want to go on a bit of a tangent here for a second. I wanted to ask you guys, take two seconds. I saw something the other day. It never crossed my mind, but someone postulated this. I don't think it's since, well, it's not necessarily canon. I don't know. I never read the uh, the novel yet, but Rogue One, when they're trying to get the disc to the 10T4 Mm -hmm. and the door stops, someone said, put out there like, it blows your mind when you finally think that like Vader was the one holding the door. It's not that it jammed by itself. It's that Vader was like jamming it. That blew my mind when I thought about it like that. I was like, yes, yes. That makes so much more sense. That's crazy. I never thought about it that way. Well, cause it, is it, it unjams as soon as Vader yeah. gets there conveniently enough. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'll buy it. Sure. <laughs> now I want to watch Rogue One again and like rewatch <laughs> that scene with that in my mind. I think I might do that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty rad. So that's cool. a worthy tangent, Corey. Good job. <laughs> Word. <laughs> All right. Lastly, here, would you rather see Cad Bane and Embo, or the classics Bosk, Dengar, IG88? Michelle, what do you think? I would probably lean. This is hard too, but I probably lean towards Cad Bane and Embo, just because like they're cool. And like, if I'm gonna pick a bad guy, like I want to pick one that's like really bad. And like Cad Bane is like, I mean, he's ruthless. Like he's smart, intelligent. Like he gets the job done. He has a cool hat. I mean, he's just <laughs> badass. Like. I mean, I can't, and he's, I mean, it's cool. And he, like, fought two Jedi Masters at the same time. Like, I mean, that's insane. And he, like, got out of it, which is, like, intense. And, um, yeah, I like, I mean, Embo's cool, too. Like, I like how more, how gray, like, Embo kind of inhabits, like, the gray area between, like, he's worked for both sides. And I just, I think he's interesting. I don't know. I feel like that would kind of be cool because, like, with the whole Han, I mean, it's not necessarily, like, evocative, but Han also has, like, worked for, like, uh, you know, in crime, and he's also done good things. So it's just kind of interesting to have other characters that are also, like, not so, like, black and white. Like, I like kind of the in-between. I I like, uh, there's, like, a a lot of the storyline now when they're talking about, like, just you don't know necessarily like who's always good and who's always bad like sometimes there are people who are in between and I just kind of like like that idea so I want to like push into it but I mean I love like Dengar and IG-88 like so it's hard but I don't know I think that would be more interesting in terms of character and story to like have them around they intrigue me more I'm so with you like and it's my my reasons are purely selfish (laughs) because I had this theory that 
Lucasfilm was going to do like a trio of Western themed oh, movies, yes. standalones. It could so still go that would, way if, would, if Kenobi, if, if Kenobi's in the Han Solo film, it could be that loosely tied trilogy you were talking about, Kyle. I mean, yeah, I'm, that's why I'm pulling for this. I'd love to see Cad Bane cameo in Solo and then become a bigger yeah, part, that would be or be the be the adversary. Oh, yeah. of the of the Obi Wan yes. movie. Yes, please, that would be the best, and that's exactly what they do in like Marvel and stuff too, where they like knock up the the character, even like Daredevil and like all of that. Like it's just really interesting how they like will knock it up, and I think that would be so cool. Like, I mean, he's such a cool character. Like, I just. I want to see more of it. I think he needs like a good, and he's like perfect for, in that Western world because it's a Western. Like, exactly. And he's just like he's literally aesthetic Western. Like he's literally, he's, and even his character is just such a cowboy. Like it's it's cool. Well, he's yeah, he's he's the man in the black hat. <sighs> yeah, he's like a it's like gunslinger from uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower. Yeah, you know that's the vibes I get. Like I I'm Dude. so into it. So cool. Like, I would be super into that type of version of, like, a story about them. I feel like it would be so cool. And, like, I mean, going back to the Obi-Wan movie, like, Obi-Wan's going to need a, a threat. Like, we, we yeah. said how there's not going to be there, – there shouldn't be a ton of action in this movie. Mm-hmm. But there's going to have to be some. There's going to have to be some legitimate threat for exactly. Obi-Wan. And Inquisitors are jokes. I don't want to see them. Uh, get Some kind of, like, group of Jabba thugs. That's that's beneath yeah, Obi-Wan. You need a real But Cad Bane is you not. Need a, he Cad Bane is a real threat. Like he is a conscious threat where it's like you have to be on top of your game and then some and then also have all of the luck in the world. Like and that's like a worthy adversary. Like I would that would be like it wouldn't it would definitely be meaty and cool. And it's it's a loose end for Obi-Wan exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that I think that makes so much sense to bring Cad Bane into into live action. It would make sense, and it just it kind of finally ties that ties up stories like that we haven't seen yet, like in live action, which would be super cool. I just yeah, I just see that being really cool, and especially if they're going to start using that motion capture too. Like, I mean, I the just the like it's like this is the time when they can actually do it, and it could it won't look stupid. Like, I just, I feel like it would be cool. I'm into yeah, it. And, and <laughs> the only, the, the, the road, the roadblock for that theory is, is this. It's so I, I, I felt, I thought that you could, they could do three movies with Cad Bane, but the, his ending would be in the Obi-Wan film, which mm, yeah. I think would be his natural end point for Obi-Wan to end Cad Bane would be the natural ending. Yeah. But the middle part of the movie or the middle part of that trilogy would be the Boba Fett standalone movie mm-hmm. where he's portrayed as sort of the anti-hero mm-hmm. and Cad Bane yes. is sort of the villain of that movie. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, kind of but like the that... Punisher, but like, like in an anti-hero way. Ugh. Exactly. Exactly. Love exactly it. that. So, but it's not that, I don't know that that could happen because if Obi-Wan's actually going forward for 2020, yeah. where is this Boba Fett film with Cad Bane as the bad guy going to fit in? That's true. I don't know. They'll make it. Oh, that probably won't work. <laughs> Maybe they can make it work. They can make know. it work. Like you guys said, like the Han Solo, the Kenobi film. The Kenobi film kind of alludes to this. Like the the next the logical step. Like what Filoni envisioned for these characters was Cad Bane losing to Boba Fett. 
in a sh- in a showdown, like high noon kind of style. Ooh, yeah. That that like there there's images, there's like animation drawn for this. Like it it's the cause of the dent in uh, Boba's helmet. Like this is what was supposed to actually happen, but you could still kind of play off that, and that Cad Bane was that the epitome of bounty hunter. Like you guys said, he had all his bases covered. He took out Jedi. He did this. <clears throat> he did that. He did everything. So definitely, he going... infiltrated the Jedi Temple. Like yeah, that's man. insane. Yeah, like and he, he, stole a, he stole a holocron. Like that's crazy. Like he's isn't he like the only one who's ever infiltrated the Jedi Temple? Well, he had the plan. That's the thing. Like I love about him. Like he's got that. Like uh, it's like Ocean's Eleven style. He's like Danny, Danny Ocean. Danny Ocean. <laughs> so like. And Embo too. Embo's the coolest. So like I'm totally on that page too. Like let's go somewhere new. But uh, not necessarily as a movie, but a cameo, whatever. But I think Cad Bane's ultimate purpose in the long run would be to serve Boba's. The way Filoni had envisioned. Like yes, he's a genius. Yes, this, that. But Boba's a top dog by the time uh, we, we get to the OT. Yeah, you're probably right. But it's it's probably all not going to happen anyway, so <laughs> whatever. Oh, great questions, though. Yeah, great questions. Thank you, Metal Mando. Great questions this week. And we did have a question, or we do have a question from from Jeff, the uh, from the Canto cast, but we're going to bump that to next week as we are running long here, and it is uh, it's getting late. It's getting to the wee hours here, so we're going to push that ahead to next week, and we're going to draw episode 126 to a close right here. Ooh. Michelle, how was that? That was, that was yeah, pretty good, right? Yeah, fun. Hopefully it wasn't too chatty annoying. <laughs> I was gonna... <laughs> that was a stellar, stellar debut, Michelle. <laughs> Yay! Um, hopefully I didn't say anything that, like, was too rocking the boat, but, I mean, it invites for interesting discourse, so... I'm looking forward to hearing what everyone else has to say. <laughs> I, I I think we're going to get nothing but positive feedback. <laughs> and listen, I've been podcasting with this guy over here for the last two years. There's no, there's no boat that can be rocked any harder. So don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. like I was saying this week. I was like, what do I do, man? Like, Michelle, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm just going to be myself. Like, that's yeah. it, man. I'm going gonna, gonna to set the bar really low and... Just keep things i'm just gonna do me man yeah just do you man we're all we all have something to bring to the table and it's interesting hopefully <laughs> well, you, you, you definitely did yeah, that this week yeah, michelle uh, i honestly michelle you super fun all right well thank you everybody Yay, thank you thanks for everybody for sending in voicemails and your emails we'll, we'll get to the next episode i promise and uh, thanks again to Rob Wade from the Crazy Train Podcast and E14.com for sharing this show and to Dark Sky Radio for doing the same. Thank you, everybody. And uh, Worthy of Recognition comes back this week with the aforementioned Rob Wade. You're going to love that conversation. If you want to hear that, then get over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become a powerful friend from just two bucks a month. It's worth it. Trust me. And otherwise, if you're looking for more Star Wars content this week, go check out StarWarsCommonwealth.com. It's all there for you. Nine shows. They're all amazing. And uh, you'll thank me after you've done that. So that's it. Guys, 
Michelle, tell everybody, you haven't, we haven't done this yet, tell everybody where they can find you on the Twitter. Oh, on the Twitter, I am at tediously underscore brief. Um, that's pretty much my handle for everything except for, oh, I also have a bookstagram and I have a Twitter with that, but it's spelled weird. It's traveling book nerds. Very cool. And again, great start, Michelle. We look, I'm so looking forward to having you on the show every week now. It's going to be really, really a lot of fun. Thanks, sir. And Corey. Well, Michelle, Kyle, let me tell you guys, you both find me at Chop Rules with a Z. <laughs> It never gets old. I love it. And I'm at uh, Tumbling Saber across the board, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And on that note, come check us out, our closed Facebook Tumbling Saber group. Come join. Come knock on the door. I'll let you right in. You can come nerd out about Star Wars all day long. And uh, we have a lot of fun in there. So come check it out. I'm, I'm already looking forward to next week because we're going to be talking about uh, our, our pre-hype for Solo. Hey! It's going to be our last pod. It's going to be our last... That's it. This this is our, next week is our final podcast before we get into a post Han Solo yeah. world. Oh, I hope I don't have a panic attack, man. Oh my god, I'm gonna. You'll be okay, Corey. Panic attack. I I have some Xanax. I'll send it to you. Seriously, I want to try that stuff. <laughs> it's it's very helpful for. Okay. Yes. All right. On that note, let's go. <laughs> that's it, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, give us send us some feedback, and uh, we'll we'll love to hear from you. But until until worthy recognition for powerful friends and episode 127 for everybody else, we're signing off. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Sitting here for hours, looking at that show. Pages getting wider like a mirror to myself. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see. Your voice is sending shit